Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And we are now only one week away from the NRL final series and the picture got a whole lot clearer after the weekend. Um, it's pretty simple for a few teams, Boxhead. Top four locked out. Top two can still change. A couple of teams can't really move, but there's a few teams that'll have itchy feet this week, namely the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Roosters, and South Sydney. Yeah, well, the good thing for the... Well, the good thing for the Raiders is they'll sort of know... Yeah, what the task is come yeah. Sunday. Is there a position, is there a scenario where they don't have to win? Yeah. There probably is, yeah. I think um, for them it's... They'd the, be relying on a few losses though, wouldn't they? If the Roosters were to lose and the Cowboys were to lose, they're safe. Okay. Because they're both on 12 and sitting on the outside. Yeah. And they're the only two that can So they're in. probably cheering for um, a Brisbane loss on well, Thursday to make Penrith one of, that, one they'd of the play. Be, they'd be very happy, I think, seeing what Penrith named today. Because Penrith's extended yeah. squad and what they've named. They're not going to be able to make wholesale changes. Yeah. So given the fact that they've named Cleary, the Fords, Tyler Edwards, that it tells me they're not going to rest because they don't have the ability to drop too many out now. Yeah. Um, and with that in mind, I thought they might have rested. Just again, I know everyone's saying like last week, and a few commented, oh, I think they've done their rest. I I thought they could have probably rolled fish louder a few guys for a week. Mm. I think they've played more football than anybody the last four years from twenty twenty to now. Certainly, think they got enough guys in there with that experience to be able to play week one without any issue. Um, but maybe after the Luai situation, they more feel the necessity to have a run, considering that's a significant change in the I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think they've sort of staggered their resting this year and done it. They've done it the smart way. Yeah, gradually. They've probably won a f- few games there that they thought they probably would struggle to win. Uh, so they're probably going down the, the the route of you know we we need a little bit of momentum. We need mm. to like you said, give some guys some reps with the new half. Yeah, that. It's probably the biggest indication that the Luai injury is actually more serious than we think. Because if they thought Luai was going to play week one, I think they probably would have rested everyone. Well, if I was going to have a guess... But I think this is the indicator that he's not going to play week one of the finals. They've said like they hope to get him back during the final series, being both blokes that have dislocated your shoulder at this point. Strengthening, strapping, a brace, etc. But it's going to come out again. It's pain management. Yeah. And there's a high possibility of it popping out again. Oh, of course, yeah. I reckon... Best case scenario for me, they'll want to get to the prelim, and then you might see him. I think you'll see him week two if they lose week one. I'm sort of with you. I reckon <clears> they'll <throat> yeah. push needle when it when it gets to an elimination game. I think you'll see him. And then yeah, if he's good to go there and they can needle him, he'll but have... then you just play Cogger off the bench, and if it goes, it goes, and you roll Cogger out there. I think that's a yeah. no brainer. Like their New South Wales Cup teams out now, so yeah, that, and that's I also guess the issue is going to be trying to get those guys reps, their their depth reps. That was also the other reason I thought maybe this week they would rest again to sort of go like, okay, let's get another game into yeah. a blacker or a couple of guys that haven't really played a lot of grade this year, the few that have, yeah, and 
let's give Fish louder Murray Martin because I think I don't it's... think it's an issue for week one of the finals, <clears throat> but it will be an issue if it, if you get to week, week two three, and week three and you need someone when they haven't played for a month. That'll yeah, be an issue because yeah. that load's sort of gone. But jumping in before we sort of go completely through one of the tackles I had there, this show is brought to you by BlueBet.com.au. If you can have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. Unfortunately, no win on the charity bet. This week, so we remain at $1,148. But set of six, let's do that now. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the crew there. Corner of York Road and Bat Street. If you're going to go see anyone and get a Veloster, a Kona, a Tucson, all the good stuff. Sinclair, Hyundai.com.au, 47600603. Talk to Toby and the team and tell them that uh, we sent you. <clears throat> sort you out. Tackle one. Both. Saw big Tobes on the weekend. Did you? We're at... Oh, I went down to watch Para Penrith in New South Wales Cup. Oh, he's there watching Mav, was he? MG and the crew were there, yeah. So, said g'day. Saw big tapes. It's a good egg. Said business is going well. Um, Yeah, loves it, old tapes. He does. And he loves a sport. Good human. Loves a bowl, loves a punt. Yeah. It's a good he's, egg. He's a fucking so good So, like man. I said, if you're going to go talk to someone about a car, talk to a decent black like him. Mm. Uh, tackle one, we already touched on it, was the injury mayhem. Started off with Jerome, but there was a lot to come out of the weekend. And I know some may be more precautionary, but the Broncos, we already know that Reynolds missed. Pat Carrigan got hurt. They're still not certain what that is quite yet. So there's no certainty for him for week one. I'm not coming up with a conspiracy theory here, but they got to scan his foot. I suffice to say, if I'm the Broncos internally and we don't know, if there was any doubt over those two week one, I'd be worried. That's true. I would be really worried. And especially with Reynolds' history of soft tissue or niggles that, you know, maybe he gets into it and goes, or if Carrigan pushes through. My nightmare scenario from a Bronco internally is that we start that game, we push, they both get injured, and then somehow you lose week one. And then all of a sudden, the house would be on fire for week two. So for their sake, I hope they're good. They haven't talked about much about Reynolds. Reynolds sort of said today that he reckons he could have pushed last week, but he should be ready to go. The Carrigan one, they're saying he should be right, but again, they haven't really released what the issue was with his foot. So that one's a bit interesting. Two big ones. Ponga, obviously a huge one. Eight wins in a row. Jesse Ramian comes in, absolutely caves his shoulder in. AC joint. He's in the Luai boat. Pain management. When you tear your AC joint or you get damaged to your AC joint after that, it's literally what you can handle. Yeah. So I have no doubt they're resting him this week. Week one, he'll be needled and it'll be simple. A case of if he can avoid those sort of collisions uh, and managing that pain, that, that's, that's where he is, basically. You can have surgery on your AC joint or you can... In some cases, let it heal. But if it's fully gone, he's just going to have to try and play through. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, big <clears throat> blow. For Penrith, huge blow. Still missing Tago. He's been named again this week, but they've named him multiple times throughout this run. They've never clarified what the leg injury is, so that one was interesting. Yeah, it's been because he was red pretty hot. Pretty long term, huh? And Kenny's not playing again. Mm. I still haven't really know what was wrong with Kenny either. So, uh, as much as I wouldn't have found myself at the start of the year saying that Kenny would be a loss because I thought. Sony would play into a better role and they've obviously played Summit in this week, but defensively, he really tightened up their middle. Yeah, right. So that's <clears> something pretty important. Um, Papali, for the Canberra side of things, you're looking at them, ruptured bicep. So he's gone for a team that's already not playing that well. Can't really afford to lose anybody. He's gone for the season. Jamal Fogarty, they're saying today, will play, but they were talking about a potential cheek fracture or an issue there. So if cleared or if there's some sort of risk, they reckon he's willing to take it. And then on the other front, Corey Horsberg just went and fought his suspension and was found guilty. 
Yeah. So he now misses four weeks for that shoulder charge. So they've lost a couple. I, I can see both sides of the argument. Like I can see he, um, I can see why he went and challenged it, but I can also see why, like the suspension. Stuff. Like I said, yeah. Jared it's, Wallace, who's a repeat offender, had one the other one. Off. Yeah, got so off completely. Canberra would be looking at that going, we'll I, get off. I would have went, but I looked at Wallace's one at the time going, how the fuck did Are they allowed off? to use a say? Are they allowed to compare? Well, this is the argument I've had before with you about it. Like, if you're allowed to compare, I'd be walking and going, well, that this year got off. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. That I'd be one, using that, one that blew as my almost mind. evidence in grading. Yeah. That one blew my mind, but. Yeah, right. The evidence, as they said, arm was tucked. It's pretty much. This is the summary of what a shoulder charge is. So now he's added the extra week on top. Um, for Cronulla, we know Nico pulled out last week. Hopefully more precautionary with the foot. But that's an interesting one coming to this week. Uh, they are technically in a situation where they could miss. But I don't think it's going to happen. They need four and against them, a yeah. lot of stuff to go against them plus results. Yeah. But their four and against is good. So they're pretty much safe. The Roosters, they're probably the one out of the weekend after building that momentum that have been hit the hardest. Joey Manu, that hamstring, regardless of what grade the tear is, you're just going to tear it further. So if he does play, he's probably not going to make it to week one of the finals. It'll be pushing your chips all in to try and get to the finals. Yeah. Um, Jared, obviously, is going in. He's got an 800-week suspension for striking and dangerous contact. He's guilty for one, and then he's going and changing the grading um, of the dangerous contact. I'm surprised he didn't challenge the grading of the striking. I barely thought it was that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I would have challenged that before but, I would have challenged the head high. By the same token, when I saw it, I'm like, well, it is Jared. So for the judiciary that is sitting there going, third and subsequent, third and subsequent, three weeks here, three weeks here, six weeks, bloody possibly eight weeks. Um, He's not his, you know, he's his own worst enemy at times, unfortunately, old Jared. So interesting to see how that plays out. But he's in there as we speak right now. Um, So for them, there's a couple of, Small ones, the Storm, but probably the interesting one out of the weekend as well. So Harry Grant went down late with a bit of a shoulder issue. He's been rested this week, but the fact that they've been resting the last few weeks and managing his minutes and then to pick up something like that, I'm sure they don't want that to turn into anything bigger. Munster's been playing with stitches in his knee since Origin. I think he's been pretty quiet. Um, he had a better game last week and this week. And then Hughes was the real scary one. When I saw him go down and in pain, they're saying it's potentially just a medial and they're hoping he'll be right, but that is never good when you've got those sort of things lingering. If any of those go down in their spine, considering the forward pack's been real hit and miss, they could be in real danger. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then the Warriors. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's just a hard one to work out, isn't it? How oh. long they're all going to be, the impact it has on their team. You know, And then the wrist worse. Michael Lombardi always says that like NFL sort of analysts, you're only one injury away from having a good team. Mm. And sometimes, like, injuries actually work in your favour because not so much the player that comes in is a better player, but they can sometimes combine with other players better. Mm. And, I like, coaching at New South Wales Cup level the last, you know, two years and then before that Ron Massey level, like, we've always got changes. Some weeks you think, oh, it's not, not my strongest team, but and then you actually... Play well. Combinations... People combine better. It's, it's an interesting one because all these guys, like I know we're saying now, uh, you know, it's going to have a significant impact on the finals. It, you know, it's not going to be their strongest team, but people need to remember that all these guys are training together in those combinations and they're all working in and around each other. It's not like they're coming from one team to another, essentially. Like they're all in the same squad. So I think while it's not ideal, I wouldn't be too concerned unless they're major injuries to major players and mm. they're going to be out for the rest of the year. 
I think the one out of the weekend that might be a little bit worried is the Warriors. So yeah. Metcalf's been there long term. Now they've built during the year. Martin, first game back, we talked about it like, would you rest him? But at the same time, he hasn't played since round six. So they basically had no choice but to play him in cup. So they played him in Volkman. You see this week with the resting, him and Volkman are playing again. They're essentially going to have a look there, I guess, to who's best suited to come in yeah. for the week after. They're not sure about the severity of Metcalfs yet, but again, hamstring, the way he plays, I doubt he's going to be available next week. Yeah. Um, Jazz Tavunga, they're still not sure about. Barnett's been named this week, but he's come back off a knee. And then the, the big one that scared a lot of people, particularly me, if you're a Warriors fan, there was talk around Tohu. We know Tohu's managed his knees and some other issues during the year, but I think ideal for them, there's nothing to gain by playing this week. They've That's got true. a top four yeah. spot. They've got two bites of the cherry. Adding him, Johnson, like all the guys who are arrested have played big minutes and played all year. So for them, I think it's perfect timing, similar like to a lot of these teams, tactically to rest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought coming in this week, when you look at those finals teams, and that's who I've isolated, there's just a few small question marks here, there, and everywhere. Um, so it'll be very interesting week one to see how those games play out and if anyone does get hurt or have an impact on a game. Because I can't remember a time we've come in with so many 50-50s Questions, that you, yeah. you're risking yeah. it, essentially. And, I guess it's, yeah, it was around that COVID time we were sort of going... Worrying about people falling falling crook with COVID because mm. it can completely people, change yeah, dropping everything. out. But yeah, I don't think we've ever had this much uncertainty heading into a final round. You're right. But if I'm honest, it's, it's more the Brisbane two that really get me. Because mm. like they go, yeah, Reynolds calf, he should be right for week one. I know he said that today, but I'm like, again, it's just little niggles here or there. Like if he pulls up lame early in a game, or Carrigan's foot's no good. That those two, just with what they've let out, they could just be playing furfies. You don't know that. That's but at the same time, I sort of look at it and go, that, those two really interest me. Because if we went to a game week one, 20, 30 in, and it's like, all right, Carrigan, Reynolds issues, I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, that's 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 an issue. And then the way you, you obviously stack your bench, they can probably cover forwards, but cover them for a half mid-game. Yeah. Um, they're the one I probably sort of look at this week mm-hmm. with what they're resting and going, rehab around the clock this week, regardless of whether they're feeding furfies or not. And Yeah. I think, yeah, to watch Nico this week, to watch a couple of these guys this week, and, and a few of them in the must-win games, obviously. But, mm, something different. Tackle two. I've got a couple of signings again this week, not as much, but probably the big one was all the talk around Souths. Cameron Murray, the drama that was going on there, Rugby Union's willing to make a massive offer, then they announced yesterday a deal to 2028. Wow. Huge. So yeah. I didn't know that. Certainly hit out of the water... Any talk about issues with him, Souths, his teammates, the club, and any interest in rugby union? Mm. He was already signed for 2025. So yeah. essentially, they've repackaged. They chuck three years on top. They've put more cash into 24, 25. The upgrade package total is about 4.6 million. So I'm assuming they've topped up 100 or two, 150, probably the next two years. And the years after that, I'd say he's probably on 900,000 at least. Yeah. yeah. So not to say he already wasn't on a good whack, but knowing what's coming. Knowing what the salary cap now is, I'm sure they've made it well worth his while to not even consider the World mm-hmm. Cup in 2027 or whatever it is. Yeah, you'd imagine so, so wouldn't you? And I think, again, I'm not saying it solves all their issues, but with any of the talk about what we said last week, what's true, what's not true with these quotes, remarks, issues within the group, if he wasn't all in, you wouldn't be signing that deal in the current situation either. Yeah. So I think for South fans, you could probably be a little bit, not wouldn't say relieved, but happy knowing that somebody like that, who's a real figurehead of your team, mm. is on board for the long haul. Because it's happened very quickly. Uh, for the Gold Coast Titans, Tanner Boyd, off the back of that shoulder surgery, he already had a year to go. They put a year on top, 2025. That sort of interests me. I don't know if that's more a 
job security thing or getting him at a good price and maybe just adding on now because he's going to be missing maybe the start of next year with his shoulder. They've got Weaver, who's played. Foran's on the way out. They obviously let Sexton go, so I'm assuming it's more that situation where they may have left themselves a player short in that roster spot mm-hmm. in terms of halves, but uh, I'm not saying I would have been dying to give him extra time, but a year, I guess, nothing major if the money wasn't huge. Yeah, it's more about the money. I'd yeah. say he's improved this year, yes. Yeah, um, but I don't know if I see him still as the long-term solution. But mm. in saying that, yeah, they let Sexton go. They've got four in there who's only got a year to run. I doubt he'll be there after that. So you want to at least have three or four in your roster, that's for sure. Yeah. The other question mark, I guess, for them is what's the future now with Des with Brimson and Jaden Campbell? Is one of them going to be seen as a half now and the other the fullback full-time? They're going to have to work it out or they're going to have to ship one of them off. And that's where I'm at right now because mm. cap-wise, it doesn't cap, work. It doesn't work. You can't it give Brimson work. Bitcoin then just extend Campbell and go, all right, you're both fullbacks or you're a utility. Can't have that much money tied up in multiple spots. Not starting and having an influence on games. No, I'm looking at it now going, well, if it's me, I like Campbell as a fullback. And I know Brimson played six and one coming through, but they have to either commit to him being a six or one of them has to go. Yeah, agree. Because Foran's not long-term. And I love Kieran Foran, but that plan, again, he's got 12 months and not much trend. You can play Kieran. You can play Foran at seven. But I guess the thing is, you know, how do you then develop the kid? Exactly. And that's like Weaver playing now at 18 and... Getting his opportunity. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Mm. Yeah. Newcastle, I think good news for them. And I gave them a bit of stick at the start of the year for some of their roster moves. But Lachlan Miller, they brought him in. They basically put their hand up and admitted as, as good as he was that the Ponga move was a stuff up. Automatically, that pushed him out. But they'd signed him to a three-year deal on $500,000 a year. Yep. Luckily for them, Leeds were super interested. He's an older bloke. He's obviously looking for some job security. He's heading to Leeds. So <laughs> they've kind of hit the jackpot here. They get clear salary cap. 500k, they got Bradman Best, who's ditching his manager, just played Origin, and they're in a good patch. He's looking for an upgrade. There's a couple other guys they got to look out for next year. Um, so time probably couldn't be better for the way their salary cap's constructed because they've got some hefty deals. Yeah. Um, but that one sort of worked out. And then the conversation we had earlier in the year, Kai Paul Pierce uh, is coming over, and obviously Will Price, one who wants to play fullback, or halves, which is two situations they're obviously stocked in as well. And the other one is a back row or a center. So at the time, it was like, well, between Miller, Hodge, and him, like, you got too many ones, too many of these utility-type players, like your mans, your Sasangis, all that sort of stuff. Their roster's a bit out of balance. So this one here, naturally, I think is a win for Newcastle in the way it worked out. Yeah. Um, but leaving that one, the last one was news today, which is Jack Murchie. So one year into that two-year deal with Para, didn't really work out, only played five games. He's been released. I sort of straight away had... Three or four clubs in mind, NRL-wise, but then I heard a bit of news, apparently, that him and Adam Clune are both going to Huddersfield. Mm, okay. And then the Adam Clune one disappointed me straight away, because I go back to what we've said a million times. I don't think there's enough good backup halves. I think Adam Clune's a guy, why he, unless he's desperate to go play week in, week out, not be a fill-in. With the way the cap has worked out now, similar to what that Canberra did with Sam Williams for long term, I'd have an Adam Clune in my club. Because I want to know that if I need somebody... Again, like we're talking about with Penrith right now or middle of the year or an origin period, I'm happy to have a half on $250,000, just sitting there waiting for that situation. At least one really good backup half. Agree. Yeah, agree. And knowing what the English money is, which unless you're one of the top players or on that marquee money, it's not great money. No. So for Newcastle's perspective, if they've missed that boat, I think that's a mistake. And it's another reason why when we had that chat earlier in the year, a lot of Tigers fans don't want to hear it with their options, but... That's why I talk about a guy like a him or a Frawley for a 12-month rental. Just good human, 
solid players, guys you can put with your kids like your Galvins and all that and just say, teach them everything, you know. Do a job hmm. for us, play, winning is necessarily not the goal, obviously. Yeah. But we need a professional and a good human being. But for do, Newcastle, yeah. I don't know if that's locked in or that's just talk, but I'd be probably taking interest in wanting to keep him around. Yeah, agree. But that also then comes in the backflip of what I've just said, that if Price is coming to play six, I don't know. He's played one and six over there. It's more about just trying to find where people fit. Yeah, Gamble, Hastings, Clune. Like, if you got four or five and you're happy to let him go, but I think it's really yeah. hard to find a and decent... And then it becomes a cap seven. issue. Like, exactly. Are we spending too much money in our cap on players in positions that exactly. we've already got covered? So, again... Where we could be spending somewhere else. I don't know where Price plays. I don't. Because hmm. if he's a one and a six right now, they're pretty well sorted in those positions. Yeah. So, yeah, like Kai Paul Pierce makes a bit more sense to me. Center back row, Fitzgibbon's moving on. They've got a couple of young back rowers. Gagai's not getting any younger. Like, Best is obviously going to tie up the other spot, so he can develop for a year if that has to be the case, and he'll naturally land in one of those positions. But Price, unless they moved off Gamble, but then you've just paid Cogger three years worth of money. So that's probably the, sorry, that's probably the reason I've just stuffed up there not thinking. Cogger's coming, so that's the reason Clune's on the other. Yeah. But I still think there's a lot of clubs there that could use a guy like Adam Clune. Absolutely. So yeah. they're the ones that piss me off when they go to England because I'm like, clubs should be more diligent than that. Mate, he's one that you know, I tossed around for, you know, to our, um, I guess, recruitment, um, head coach, head of football, you know, just the possibility of, you know, if he was off contract, is he someone that we'd look at for New South, like New South Wales Cup level? He's mm. doing a fantastic job. Like, he sought someone, that into your, someone like that into your team. You look at what someone like a Matt Frawley Similar sort of player, yeah. similar sort of Does for job. Plays probably majority in New South Wales Cup, but when he goes and plays first grade, he's more than competent. Clune's mm. in the in the same boat. And, and I know a lot of people right now are probably sitting there going, did you watch him this weekend against Reese Walsh? Well, no offence. Most people would have that happen to him when they play against Reese Walsh. I'm talking about Frawley? Mm. Yeah, but you know, I watch Frawley nearly yeah, every week, week in New week, South yeah. Wales Cup. And I've said similar to you. I like Matt Frawley. I'm happy... And comfortable with what my eyes see. Hmm. Um, As you and, back up, I'm with you. Yeah, I think he uh, he does more than a competent job at New South Wales Cup level. The thing is also at Canberra, like they've got a lot of young young players. You need those senior guys around them to show them and to teach them. It's more about how to show them, show them how to train. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about with like the Tigers. Show thing. them how to be a professional. And mm-hmm. Matt Frawley, you know, f- for all the things that people say about him, you know, in, in regards to... Lack, a lack of natural talent ability, you know, no one can question his work ethic. No. Or his integrity as a person. Like, he just, he comes across as a good human. You never see any shit in him. No. Um, he always does his job. So, yeah, like, you, and the thing is, like, right, those players, they're so few and far between in the game. Yeah. Because we push them out. There's exactly. no There's no place for them anymore. Like, mm. The game in the 90s, even in the 80s, like we're going back 20 years, almost 30 years. They were there for Reggie. They were there. Yeah. They, they'd go back out of first grade and play Reggie's for a year or two, you know, to bring the fleet players through or bring the, um, I think it was called President's Cup players through, you know. So, yeah, I, they're invaluable. You might, they're not going to win you a competition. No. But they're going to assist you with development. Well, they're going sometimes... to assist you with depth and. Certainly with your, your ability to win games in New South Wales. But like Clune right now, it's the difference Cup. between you making the eight if you need him to fill in for a week Like or if two. he goes back and plays Cup for Newcastle, they're almost favourites against most teams. Well, take Clune out, right? And they have to throw a kid in the last two weeks. If that affects the way they play between their one, six, seven, nine, the flow of their spine, they lose two games. Newcastle aren't the eight. Hmm. But Clune's come in the last two weeks, been 
top three yeah. player more than adequately done his job. Yeah, that's right. That's very vitally important. It's one of those few positions, like when I talk about a lack of depth and at hooker. I, like, I thought Canberra, I know we're going to review the game, I thought Canberra played pretty well the other night. Like, poor discipline, I think, cost Canberra the other night. Pretty much. I thought they, they came there with a plan. They executed it pretty well. But, you know, just some critical moments and some poor discipline cost them. Mm. Uh, that's all the signing news I've got. So a little bit happened there. Um, tackle three. It's more talk, but it was spoken about multiple times. But I heard it again this week that Brad Fittler will coach New South Wales again. But okay. he's had to present. It has to basically put in what the plan is, what the coaching structure is going to be. So it looks like they are putting in a lot of what we've sort of talked about, that there needs to be more structure around what sort of assistance and what help he's got if he's going to be coaching that team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, not knowing, yeah, not knowing any of the detail. It's hard. It's hard to know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him. I don't have a problem with him continuing on as coach. I have a problem with him not being surrounded by when people who I've got are, a problem when it's just jobs for the boys. Who are, don't you know, know week doing. to week coaching at the NRL level. Mm. I have a problem with that. Like, I thought it was genius for him to get Ivan Cleary in there for the, however long he was in there for the last camp. Uh, and they certainly played a different style of footy. Like, there was there was a different spin on how they played in that third game. And the way they used their bench, like we said, because <laughs> yeah. he's there. But then you look on the flip, same deal. Bit, what, say what you like or not, Billy's in club then. Not to the same extent, he but is, he still yeah. took Hene with him as well and said, this guy's a 10-year interim assistant, everything. He knows what he's doing. And then prior... I didn't used to give stick to Mal, but I used to say it. Mal knows his limitations as a coach, which is why he used to have Michael Hagen. He used to have Neil Henry. He was always surrounded by ex-NRL or current NRL blokes to fill in the gaps because he knows that's not his strong point. He can bring presence, leadership, the culture. I don't think New South Wales can afford to lose Brad Fittler from what he does in the community. I think you need those former players around. No doubt about that. Like we said, from the coaching side. Queensland do that as well as what we do. Yeah. But you need people who are at the top of their field professionally in the coaching to manage those yeah. few extra areas that he lacks in. And that's not saying that you know I know I'm, I know any better than anyone else in the coaching realm. But there were there were holes in what we did this year. Hundred percent, there was glaring holes. Yep. So, like I'm similar to you. I'm happy for all the other stuff he does, and we said that at the time. But in terms of managing any changes, the week, just yeah, how I think the, fact that the the whole thing about well we know how to do it. And the chip on the shoulder that they've all had the last couple of years when they get criticised, mm. that needs to go as well. Yeah. Because you know what you know. And if you don't know, you don't know. Well, and the results speak for themselves. They do, yeah. I thought we had, like we said, we I had don't the- think, I don't think I don't think we've been outplayed. I think we've been outcoached. Mm. That, like, but I, that's I as brutally honest honestly, as yeah. I, can, I can put it because at that level, it's not about playing talent no, we should always nearly always have a better team than Queensland but we also we've said far this, more players to pick from this period of transition we probably should have won five of six yeah. in my opinion you know during but that period haven't. obviously during that period where they had pretty much the Australian team clearly that was a period where no matter how good the coaching was we we're always going to struggle to compete mm. but at this current point in time you saw what the team did to Queensland what was it 21 oh. where we just ran a towed them for Two games. And even, that's what I mean, transitioning now where they've got Walsh and a few other guys on board. They're building a better side again, but we still have enough talent. To I thought win. at the start of this year, uh, I I looked at it and thought, like, I don't trust the coaching and I I think they've got probably as good a team as us, maybe better in key positions. Mm. Certainly, I thought they had a more informed team. Yeah. 
But yeah, good on Freddie. What, so again, Freddie, it hasn't been out there, but I've heard a lot, and it's been going and going, and it's been talked about, and it's been delayed. But you know, is it going to be a one-year deal? They were talking possibility of two, but I like I heard one originally, so I think it should just be one year, and we see what gets dished up with whatever structure. But what happens at the end? What happens if we lose the series, but we he actually coaches well? Well, I guess that's again an internal thing for them to look at and go, all right, we like all this. It's the thing and... with coaching, like I think, I know you say the results speak for themselves, but the last few years they do. They I'm do, not, yeah. I, but I'm more but referring. I, I, there's to some that. coaches out there. You just go, like, fuck, they're well coached, but they don't win. Exactly. But we've said this but as there's well. There's coaches out there who go, geez, like they they should be doing better. But we've than said this about Cup though, because someone will just look at Lado who doesn't know anything about Cup and go, well, that guy must be a shit coach. It's like, well, if you actually know his situation, the team, yeah, what the he's being fed, who he signed, what the feeder he's with who's working with around him and then seeing where these guys start and finish, mm. if you were there for the whole picture, you wouldn't actually understand that there's probably some better coaches sometimes in worse teams that aren't reflected on the ladder. We talked about this year, uh, last week, Joe Callahan or Joe Callum, the dude that's doing the South team, considering what they've been dished up, how many guys <laughs> they've had injured, playing Origin, what they did to the middle of the year, for them to be second, Ridiculous. Right, I think he's flying on the radar. He's only just starting to get a mention, but he'd come down mm. with... Demetrio, as I said to you, he had two guys that he had with pride with him about 10 years ago. Mm. But clearly the guy can coach because I've looked at their team list a few times and thought, that's not a great team list and they've been winning games. They have been, yeah. So, and look what South's first grade's doing. So again, not getting heaps fed back, constantly having people come up or filling gaps or yeah. stuffing around. We're sitting there looking at them going, oh, they're lacking middles or Latrell's not playing or Taft's not and playing. And everyone well. that's gone up has looked good. Yeah. <clears throat> so confident. he's more than doing his job. Yeah. And again, like he'd be part of a system where... They're training with the first grade for two days and he'd be doing the captain's run. Yep. Similar to sort of, I guess, how we do it. But yeah, there's th- those sort of things, again, you wouldn't know unless you're there on the ground level to no. see what someone's actual coaching <clears throat> ability is. Yeah. So people just look at it later and go, that guy must be shit. But it's like, well, you don't see the start product and the finish yeah. product and the day-to-day, so it's hard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm happy, like I said, as long as there's those few things around him to help support him, that's all. Because exactly. the stuff that he does in the community and with the group and what they all think of him, clearly he's highly respected. Yep. Tackle four, moving on. Speaking of South, I don't want to get into a great extent. We did a little bit last week, but a bit more has sort of come out of the mix. So last week we were here. It was going to be both assistants were fired. Everything's just absolutely hit the skids. In the end, Morris has stayed. Sam is gone. Um, you know, they're saying it's all happy roses and everyone hugged each other and moved on. Highly doubt that's the case. You know, Russell apparently even spoke to Sam and that's not really on the greatest terms right now. But again, that wouldn't be the first time that he's probably had a Barney with him, just like he's had Barney's with other people and mended that fence. Then there was the Churchill stuff that come out for some text messages, which again, like it is what it is. It was said, is it wrong? Yes, it's wrong to say it, but it's leaked through a text message. That's what happens when you send things around to people rather than just talking or keeping an opinion to yourself. So on that, um, you know, it's not actually from Clive Churchill. It's his son and that's no knock on his son, but... That the whole sort of blow up around that and I think some of the talk it's been well addressed by the players I think the last couple of days to see Cameron Murray <laughs> resign to see some of the stuff that's been going on considering what's happened but to look at it from an overall point of view um, and people going who's right or wrong without knowing again I sort of stick to what I said last week if they know of issues or were purveying issues or feeding into issues within the playing group and sort of undermining him they're in the wrong yeah. But that's without knowing. But if Sam Burgess's presence and being an ex-player and this, that, and the other was adamant, this stuff's wrong, this, that, and the other, well, it's like, well, on the flip side of that, you've got to take the perspective and clear your mind for a minute instead of going, well, that's Sam Burgess. He won a comp. He was there for 10 years. He's respected this, that, and the other. He's not the coach. He's the assistant coach. Yeah. And he hasn't coached. 
And don't give me the Aurora Valley Axman thing that he did for A grade for Russell for one year. <clears throat> he's an assistant him. coach <clears throat> to Jason Demetrio. So if he's gone to Jason Demetrio and say, I don't agree with this, Dan, did he do that when Wayne Bennett was there? Or when he was a consultant with Wayne Bennett? Probably not. Is he doing that because it's not Wayne Bennett, it's Jason Demetrio, and he feels he's got more pull or a bit more onus around that? I don't know what the situation is. But overall, whether he agreed or not with what was going on, a lot of people are like, well, he's a man, he's south this and that. He's not the head coach. No, so if he continued with these sort of things and went at him or fed him with the players, and I don't know this for a fact, he's in the wrong. Plain and simple. Yeah. The wheels may fall off, but he is not the coach. He's not. So at yeah. the end of the day, if they don't see eye to eye and that's what it comes <clears> down <throat> to, well, Jason Demetrio, like I said, is the one who's going well, to go down with the shit. It's, either, it's cut two ways. Like A lot of the rumors are saying that he was undermining him. The other rumors are saying that he went and fronted him. Yeah, fronted him multiple times. But even if he did, if he if it's if his he undermined him, then he deserves what he got. Yeah. If he went to him and di- and disagreed with him face to face, and the conclusion they came to was he was going to leave, I don't have a problem with that either. Yeah, and I'm with that too. I have more of a problem with from a reputational perspective if he was undermining the coach. Yeah, and that gets out because that'll get around rugby league circles, mm. and that that will become an issue when well, you're trying to get a, a job as an assistant coach. Mm. And you've been, yeah, throwing well, knives and on the morning your head coach. That's, yeah, it's just not good business. A lot's been said in that regard. Dis- that w- disagree face to face. Was he hired? But as soon as you walk out of a room together, you need to be on the same page. Mm. And- was he hired by Demetrio? It's like, no, well, Russell wanted him in there and that he could be mm. the next South Sydney coach. I'm like, well, all that again is great, but yeah. he hasn't coached. That's the same. Like, yeah. Like Benji getting That's his That's not team. to say that everything the head coach says is. No. Right, but even even if he did go to, it's him and not he even to him. say that everything the head coach decides is what what you actually do. Like, no, but if he know, we, we were having we were having heated discussions in the box on the weekend about just about interchanges, who's going, yeah. and you know, in the end, the head coach makes the call. And that's my but, point. You know, as an assistant coach, you're there to give him Sam can your advice yeah. as though you were the head coach. Sam can think what he wants, and if those things that were said again, we don't know yeah. what's true. Convey what's not them true. and. But Jason Demetrio makes his mind up on how he's going to... Yeah. Whether no, he's going to implement This right. is what I'm doing. This is the way I'm doing it. Well, yeah. you have to respect that because that's why you're the assistant. When you're in charge, you can run the ship. And if the wheels yeah, fall I, off... Yeah. I think most environments that I've worked in as an assistant, and like this is my first year as an assistant in a long time, Um. yeah, it's always just been, well, it's not head coach, it's not assistant, it's just... Coaching team, mm. head coach is the one that conveys what everyone sort of comes to, in a, to an agreement on. Yeah. Sometimes you don't come to an agreement. It may be that, you know, I know there were times last year where, um, you know, people in the coaching team would say, I reckon we should do this. And I go, no, I'm, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Or vice versa, I think I have my mind made up on something. And then the coaching team would say, oh, what about, and I'd change, completely change my mind. Yeah. And think, no, that's a better way. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, the more you can include people in the decision making process, yeah, provided that uh, they're coming from a good place, provided that it stays within those four walls, I think the better uh, environment you're going to have. Mm. That's for sure, and the more honest opinion you're going to get, because the less and less you listen to someone's opinion, or value someone's opinion, or value that person's input or actually involvement in, involve them in that process, Yeah, the more likely they are to go and vent that somewhere else. Exactly, and that's probably what I think you what's happened You want it to be here. out on the table, within the four walls, um, argue, fight, bitch, kick, moan. That's mm. cool. 
But when you walk out that door, we're all on the same page. And that's what I wonder here. If made. he's just stuck with it and he's stubborn on it and this is it. Like if they've yeah, talked about it, which it sounds important. like they did, you can't keep carrying around kicking stones and then start feeding that into the group if that's what's happened. Particularly once players pick up on it. Exactly. Not good. And then if you feed into some of their thoughts as well, rather than... Not good. That's not good. So without knowing, I don't know. But all the best to him at Warrington. And again, they talk, oh, he could be back in 12 months. I'm like, let's just see how he goes overseas first, actually coaching. You yeah. can't just already have someone in a job because look at Benji right now. And the flip side of this is when people made the argument, I heard some Seattle people and some people ringing up on a couple of radio things listening to the week going, Sam could come back. Do you even understand how much is involved with coaching? They don't. Without coaching? They just think it's pick up a clipboard and away you go. Let's go the other way, right? Let's look at a Webster when we talk about these guys that do real apprenticeships and have been waiting their whole life for an opportunity. And look what's happened over there. That's the other end of the spectrum. That's someone who's ticked every box. Not just a player that retired yesterday, got a job, like who's already skipped a lot of steps to be an NRL assistant straight away. Yeah. And his role day-to-day, Sam Burgess, I don't know what his role was day-to-day. What was he actually doing? I get all the other thing when people like, they respect him. He's like, of course they do, because he won a comp for him. He's one of the best forwards that's ever played the game of rugby league. That doesn't mean he can coach. Yeah, That shit works for a couple of weeks or here and there when he's the good cop. But if he's there every single day driving that standard the way he did as a player, as a coach, without the technical analysis or the issues or how to run or work with his assistants and just yelling at everyone that this is shit, standards are bad, you're training like crap, how do you think that would go down after 26 weeks? Mm. He'd burn everyone out. That's right. Because there's been coaches like that. Yeah. So I heard a lot this week, all in Sam's favour, not much in Demetrio's favour. I'm not saying it because I've got any quit with either, but I just sort of thought, this is pretty shit narrative. Yeah. To basically be like, well, he didn't listen to Sam Burgess. I'm like, well, he's the head coach. That's right. If he heard his opinion and he doesn't agree with his opinion, but he's heard him and he keeps going in with the same thing and he's told him to drop it, well, at the end of the day, clearly there's an issue. Yeah. And if you can't let go of the issue or work with him. Which is where they've got to. And talk about Morris and <clears throat> if that was there, he's moving on to West anyway, apparently. He's apparently signed a four-year deal, which surprised me. And I think Jeez, that's a big deal. they wanted a guarantee, I've heard, of two years that he'll help Benji without going to take another job. So I'm assuming that's you know someone who's had a bit of head coaching experience, still young, probably a better pay packet, <clears throat> come here, work with him because yeah. we really need the help. Yeah, And we need you here for two years minimum. But yeah. again, I think on the flip side, without being too negative on the Benji side of things like we said they've already quit on Tim Shane's what's to say they don't quit on Benji in 12 months and go hey John Morris you wanted that job to coach first grade you're the first grade coach now here yeah so I don't know what's going to happen over there but I'll be very interested because there's a lot that's going to play out as we know always at West Tigers but yeah um, for the CR situation it is what it is and you're going to get your answer this week but I think to see the players speak although Cody spoke well um, I think a lot of them jumped on the front foot this week and basically addressed what they needed to do I think some of what will come out of there was PR spin? Of course it is. They're not going to come out and admit to any of the stuff that you don't know. Yeah. But some of the other shit that people have quoted or leaked, I'm like, where'd you get that from? You don't even know. One thing's obvious. Something <laughs> has happened, but we'll see how they play this week. That'll give us the answer we need. And then if not... Well, they win and it shuts all that up. shuts it all up. up. But we know, plain and simple, if they don't or they go out week one badly and then they start bad next year, there's a problem. Yeah. And look, what happens off the field manifests itself into what happens on the field. So... Mm. You're going to be able to see whether they're connected. Very quickly. I'm not looking at... like I think it. the result is vitally important, but I think the performance is more important than the result. Like They came out and played excellent and got beat, and the Roosters played you know, out of their skin. Mm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be on the front foot criticising. Yeah. Like I, said, I, I tend to think they're going to come out and, and be strong. But I, I, don't, I don't I don't know. I, no. I don't know what's happened. I, I only hear and read and I don't hear and read a lot because I 
I just don't, it doesn't interest me. Uh, but what interests, what interests me is the Rabbitohs playing their best footy yeah. at this time of the you year. You want to because see it. I want to see it. And I said and I want to see it. all the teams playing their best footy. Similar to you, I think their window, with the way they shuffled the money in the decks and made their decisions, plus what they're doing next year with minimal movement, their window has been extended a lot longer than others, but it's now and probably next yeah. year, then there's going to be some serious And that's not movement. to say that I haven't heard things. Like no, I've seen, we've all heard. Within rugby league circles, you hear things and you see things. But and, I had someone message me last week I after never, we spoke, going, did you just not hear anything? I said, I heard something a month earlier about Burgess, but I don't know anyone really anyone I've, there I've anymore. I've seen text messages. I've and I just seen, stopped heard and thought, stuff. Oh, because it all does the rounds, but I don't know anyone at South. And no, I don't anymore. I uh, I wish no ill will on them, and I don't no. know. I don't know what's true and what's not true. So I'm not going to comment. And that's my on point. It. Without knowing 100, to I be thought, well, completely honest, I don't fucking care. We'll I just happens. want to see them play good footy because they're an exciting team. And so once it's spilt, I was sort of like, okay, well, mm. clearly there was some truth to some of the things that people have been talking about. But yeah, again, what's true, what's not. Some and of I respect folks, them as an organisation. Like I think. Yeah. They're one of the better run organisations in our game. Well, so five prelims in a row. It's done a lot of things wrong. It doesn't right. happen by accident. No. Look, I, you know, you're probably not old enough. Like, you would have missed, but sort of like the late 90s, early 2000s, they were just, they were like the West Tigers. Yeah. That's what they were. They were the whipping boys. Like, mm. you know, I, I actually saw a replay of that game uh, where Paul Langmack was a coach, where I think Gordon Taylor strips the ball. He celebrated. He was in the elevator. Like, I thought, thought they won. won. They had the ball. And they walked in, Fletch, and that's it. I, I think, think Stringer might have got stripped one on one, and yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think it was Stringer. Talos strips it and passes it to one of the Walker boys, I think, and they score in the corner, and they got beat. Like it was, yeah, such a. They're in such a better place than what they were, even when they oh, from when they came back into the huge. Court. I remember when Roy Asatasi went there. You know, he was a Bulldogs mainstay. Mate, him, he Vungal played in that team. Sort of had yeah, that group like, at the time. Jason yeah. Taylor probably um, ter- steer them in the right direction. Yeah, where they are now... Mate, they're a powerhouse. They are. They're consistent. Yeah, and it's taken a long time to to get there. To do it. That's right. So, we'll see what happens this week. It's good right? to see Cam Murray there. Like, hopefully that, that'll mean he's a one-club player as well. That's a big statement to me, Dad. Massive. That to happen this week. Because whether it was Massive. in the works or not, to have that executed now, if he would have had any... Hes- like, he's not going to be short of options. No. So for any to talk about, oh, him, the you hear all this bullcrap, you're like, well, we'll see if it's true. When the they get announced one, that today. The more one-cup like, players we can get, the better. I mean, he's long-term. Cody's long-term. Latrell's long-term. Like, Where we go? Well, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, tackle five. <laughs> the Raiders Ricky rant. I always enjoy a Ricky rant, but this one, I, I, I found some interest in it. Um, the weird part I really found was the talk about Jared Maxwell. Then Jared Maxwell came out today and basically said, I don't know what he's trying to imply by saying that he's lost his power or this, that, and the other. So, well, I think he was trying to imply that things have changed yeah. in the refereeing ranks for the worse, and he was trying to say that it's not because of Jared Maxwell. Mm. And I, I felt as though that was Ricky had had a conversation with Jared Maxwell, and he was basically outing it to try and help Jared Maxwell or get things to move back into the direction that Jared Maxwell was trying to take it. Mm. That, well, that's he, sort of where I, my head he was. He was the line with his comments, <clears> as we know, probably not to get fined. He did his best Ricky. to get his point across without... Oh, look, I, I watched the know. game. I thought there were a lot of decisions there which were just questionable. There are a lot of... I thought the game was over-refereed. 
Uh, but I do, when you look at the ones that, you know, the trip, the trip's a fucking trip. The escort was an escort, but there is a hundred of them in your game. Yeah, and that should not have been a penalty. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But we're going back to the C word again. There's a hundred. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I, But I just think that one is because it got challenged or whatever, that they're like, oh, well, that is an escort. It's like, well, yeah. Don't and get again, started on that. I know they all said, like, you barely moved the ball. But they don't even create... Like they don't even create clear rules on an on an escort. Well, I, only I, had, I, I don't. Yeah, I only had one argument: was the Rapano won an eight point try rather than? Well, he's not in the act of scoring. Well, there you go. So that's why I had a few people ask me that, and I was like, well, I had similar opinion to you. Well, technically, he's not scoring. I know he's falling over the line. But I think I think they should change that rule to other... any foul play in in the scoring of a try. Mm. But then again, like I think then we'll probably get more eight point tries. Exactly. My other point, though, someone was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I think if it's a a simminable offence... Don't stick your fucking leg out. If it's a simminable offence and you do it in the act of scoring a try or in the try-scoring play, I feel like it should be an eight-point try. Mm. Because a lot of teams would actually infringe to stop a try. If they don't, then it's like, well, it's a six-point... You just go, well, it's a try. Mm. There should actually be a penalty for infringing... It's like players get away with it because of the result of the play. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like the argument with injury. Well, this was the problem with this one I had. It's like, well, I'm not going to send like, well, you off because he's not injured. It was barely a trip and you get hurt. I go, the whole point is it's been around since 1908. And when you stick mm. your leg out, shouldn't do it. the intent of what you're doing and what I it don't can even cause. Know, like he, was, he wasn't going to stop the try. No, exactly. But he's done it three weeks in a row. Yeah. So when he got a fine this week, I'm like, yeah. Like, it wasn't smart. I, th- I thought the Horsburgh one was a shoulder charge. I find them murky as hell as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand why we've got so technical with the shoulder charge. I look at shoulder charges now. Was the arm next to the body? Yes. Was there any wrapping motion? No. That, to me, that's a shoulder charge. Shoulder charge. And it was a collision. Yeah. So, but like... The thing with that is, like, there's no way that Ricky Stewart is encouraging the trip. There's no way that Ricky no, Stewart no. is encouraging the shoulder charge. He would have been up there cranky as anyone about that. But this is my flip on that again <laughs> for him. Like, sometimes when he gets these ones, I'm like, I get the escort one, but... If you go by the letter of the law, they should blow more of them. They, why do they blow it one specifically? I get it. But I looked at it and I was like, there's a lot more in this game, like Frawley with two kickoffs. Yeah. Dropping one, going dead. The reshuffle of his, of his back line. Like, I didn't agree with moving Whiten out into the centers and Chris and then you not using Croker. You essentially wasted a spot on your bench. So there was more than enough on the flip, along with those penalties in the bin that you're talking about, where I was like, well, I know those calls you're not happy about, but I think you contributed as much to your own downfall. And they had no Reynolds, no Carrigan. Like, you were all in. 100%. So I'm not saying that, you know, that excuses the result. But I was like, well, the trip was a trip. The only one you've really got to argue about is the escort. And even that, if you really look at it by the letter of law, yeah, they probably should blow more in the game, but they don't. Why did they pick that one? I don't know. Probably the fact it was a challenge and the guy in the bunker looked at it and was like, well, Hmm. like, it's a gray area. It's another one of these ones every week where we're never, ever going to be happy. But I did enjoy the rant just because when he loses it, I like it. Got the media manager coming here and telling them, Got to come talk to you, blokes, and why I'm not in here. I'm not in here because I'm pissed off. Why do you think the angry old lady in the grandstand, the little old lady, she's angry in the grandstand because the ref's had a bad day. It's like, hey, Ricky, God bless you, Rick. So quite enjoyable. But Jordan Rapana, I love you, but stop trying to trip people. He does some outstanding things, but he also does some really dumb things. Hmm. So, and the last one here, tackle six for Sinclair here under Penrith. Power rankings, final power rankings before the finals. Number one, I've still got the Panthers. I don't care that they lost. I'm missing a lot of players. I still think they're the team to beat. Yeah. Yep. 
<clears throat> very close. Yeah, I'm very close <clears throat> too. But <clears throat> I left Brisbane at two. They're probably going to be the minor premiers, I assume, from this week. The issue around that is as well, I think they've got as many issues like Carrigan and Reynolds. Yeah. <clears throat> the Reynolds one I agree with. Like, I wouldn't be playing him this week either, whether he's no, fit or whether he's not. Nor Carrigan, fit. but I just I wonder when they've talked, they're hopeful <clears throat> for week one. I'm like, well, are they putting Furfies out there to give yeah. people some doubt and some fodder? Is there a genuine worry? I don't know. And then the other thing we're going to learn is what we've said before. They can score points with anyone and from anywhere on the field. And they've got a great forward pack. But getting to a cycle game in the finals, like the other night where they scored, make an error, score, make an error, they do that in a game against Penrith yeah. or Melbourne or anyone and complete it 60% for a half. They're going to be down 18 now. They will be. So we're going That's to right. see how they stand up in finals football when the pressure cooker goes on and they have to get into a cycle. Because yeah. they can outscore anybody. They can. If it turns into a... A pissing contest and firing our guns, Brisbane will blow anyone off the park. Yeah. Without fail. They'll blow Penrith off the park in that regard if Penrith played that way. But Penrith don't play that way. Yeah. So I've left them at two for now. I've left the Warriors at three. Um, they're probably going to lock up that spot regardless of who they rest and along with Melbourne, unless Melbourne win, they lose and four and against, they jump. That matchup could still change. And now, <coughs> now looking at what Penrith named, they're looking to win. So they might end at the minor premier still. Yeah. So that would flip the match up. It would be Penrith Melbourne first week and Brisbane Warriors. Yeah, so for me, I want Brisbane if, as a Melbourne fan. That's no knock on Brisbane. It's just we've got a bit of a hoodoo on Brisbane. It doesn't seem to be of how bad we've that been playing. Might, that might end this week. But, yeah, technically that run, but with the lineups. But that might change, so we'll see. I've left Melbourne at four. I'm not awfully convinced, but I'm not awfully convinced by a lot of teams in the eight. Yeah. You saying? Yeah, yeah. Five, I've got Newcastle. And this is the greatest thing, I think... That gives me some hope coming to this. I'd love to see this story continue. Yeah, me too. And they're I hope they're playing does. too good a footy. Yeah, because that's the other reason. <laughs> they're not just winning. They're playing outstanding football. Yeah. And when you really think about it, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm surprised by this. I'm like, well, we really shouldn't be. Ponga is an elite player. Gagai is an origin player. Best is an origin player. Dom Young is an international footballer. Both the Safidis. Tyson Frizzell, like Thompson stepped up. Elliot's a good player. Crossland has certainly showed, you know, in nine, which wasn't his preferred position, he can do a good job. They've got some quality players in their team. Yeah. So, but on top of everything else, and then put Hastings in and after the crap he's been through before he got injured, he was been outstanding for them. Put this together, they're a real threat. And I hope, I'd hope i love yeah. to see them go on a genuine run where <laughs> week one, they're at Newcastle and then they get somebody maybe on the bounce week two and then they end up in a prelim. That would be a hell of a story. Be unreal. So that's my real sort of fairy tale one along with the Warriors to look at right now. Six, uh, I've done this basically how I think the eight's going to finish now, so I've left the Sharks at six. Yeah, me too. I was yeah. happy with the last few weeks. Yeah, they only played um, well. They had no Nico on the weekend. Yeah, and then these last few I sort of wrote, I originally wrote Cowboys at seven, but now Penrith have named what they've named. I'm like, well, they're not going to be in the eight for me. So I'm with you. I've taken them out. I've left Souths at seven, and that's, again, very, very loose because I think with the Roosters suspensions and Manu's hamstring, they should win. And then at eight, I've put the Raiders. And I think, no offense to them, if they go play Newcastle in Newcastle week one, the way they've played on the run-in, they'll be fodder. I got the Rabbitohs. Where'd you put the Rabbitohs? Seven. Okay, so you went Rabbitohs, yeah, and then you're saying Raiders are going to finish in the eight. They'll stay in the eight if the Cowboys lose. Mm. So, but I think if they go Newcastle week one, or depending wherever they land. So if the Raiders lose to Cronulla and... The Cowboys beat well, actually, Penrith. Now we've got this. Let's do it live. All right. Because I, I tend to think Cowboys are going to beat Penrith. I don't. Now that they've named that line up, unless they pull some players out. I think Penrith will. 
I think All Brisbane right. will beat. I think Brisbane will beat Melbourne. Penrith well, will pull some players out. Well, now with what they've named, and then I think Cowboys will beat Penrith. I, I know nothing. I'm just saying that's what I think. Well, is we, do happen. we think South are going to win? I do. I think South will now win, with yes. what's happened. Yep. The Warriors will. I think will lose to the Dolphins now, but I don't. It doesn't think matter. It matters. But where this is the one that changes everything. So I think Penrith still win. Yeah. You so think? I think I think if Brisbane win and the minor premiership's done, I think Penrith will pull a few. Well, the fact Newcastle pulled some players Penrith out, I also think the Dragons can win this week with the players that Newcastle pulled. They've been good nuisance. Yeah, though. yeah. Titans dogs means nothing. And then your last game is this one here. So if you go off the way I had it, yeah, which is what I have: Brisbane, Manly, South, Dolphins, Penrith, Dragons, Titans, Sharks. Yeah. Then we finish up with Broncos versus Storm Week One, Penrith versus Warriors. Sharks play Raiders week Again. one, five v eight. Newcastle play South. Yep. But if you flip the result and say that Newcastle win, they come into fifth, which means they play Canberra. But then the other way around is if you say the Raiders win, they can jump up to six and get a home final against the Sharks. So it almost looks like regardless. Uh, but the Cowboys. What about if Cowboys win? Cowboys win, they can still miss if Canberra win. But if Canberra loses to Cronulla. The Cowboys will come at eighth and play Newcastle. Yeah, so I, I tend to think, what about, so if Raiders, if Cowboys win and then Raiders win, Raiders are still in. Raiders Cowboys are in because the four, they get I, the extra. I win. tend to think that's what might happen. Don't underestimate the, the, the fact, the desperation of having to win. Well, I hope so. I, I tend to think. I wanted the um, Cowboys in. I think Brisbane want to win the minor premiership. Uh, I think. The Cowboys will beat Penrith. Well, Melbourne have certainly still presented I think Canberra, that opportunity. If they don't beat Cronulla, I think they're going to go very, 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 very close. Well, again, like you said, they're going to have, they have to bring the finals up. They have to win. This week, simple. And the Cronulla don't have to win. And we're going to get the same idea from the Cowboys. We're going to see how much it means mm-hmm. to them. Because if they turn up flat and get romped, well... Yeah. And that, but, that's the thing with the Rabbitohs. Like, I feel like they've just been cruising, cruising, cruising. Now it's like you lose, you're out. And it's the Roosters. Yeah, yeah. So Plus all the, cra- all the crap that's happened, but mm. put all that aside, it's a game of footy. You lose your out. Yeah. Canberra, game of footy, you lose your out. Mm. So yeah, if we go your way there, and even if we say the Dragons. Cowboys, game of footy, lose your out. Like, realistically, Cowboys, if you want to play finals, you're going to need to be able to beat Penrith at Penrith anyway. So if we go Dragons beating Newcastle, which I think could happen and Sharks win, and Cowboys win, etc., then that changes everything again. So then the bottom half is Sharks at home against the Cowboys and Knights South in yeah. Newcastle. I'd love to see Knights South again. That was a bell. That was a good game. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I'd... Canberra Cronulla, yeah. But really, see, like we said, we're going to know. It's not like seeing games two weeks in a row. No, neither do I. I don't want to see us and Broncos two weeks in a row. But gonna. we're going to most yeah. likely, unless they lose and Penrith win. Yeah. But the way they've named their teams there, it wouldn't surprise me if that Melbourne team won, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if the Brisbane team won. Yeah, let's just see what happens. So, the big one is Canberra is the one who's really worried with their for and against. They're going to know the task on Sunday. Yeah. If the Cowboys have already lost, he's lost Papa Lee, and he might go there and go, well, bugger this, we'll probably be playing them again next week. I'm not playing Tarpany or Fogarty or the few guys that are important to me, and yeah. I've already lost Horsburgh. Mm. Or he might just say, stuff it. Like, we're not playing good enough, we're going to play. Mm. And we're going to play sudden death the whole way. Let's just see what happens. We don't know. Yeah. But it's at least a couple of games there with a little bit of meaning, uh, considering the amount that have been rested, which is a talking point for a lot of people. But 
let's review the games from the weekend. Eels, Panthers, uh, I guess if you're an Eels fan, I had a lot talking to me at work. Like, oh, what about this? Look at that performance. We should have been in the eight. It's like, well, at the same time, yeah. no Edwards, no Togo, no Tariva, no Kenny, no Sorensen. Luai busts his arm. Like, yeah, you played well, but it, it was all for nothing. Congrats. The season was over. They were going on Mad Monday. Enjoy and we literally game. said it when we tipped it. I said, do you reckon they're going to have a red hot crack or do you reckon they've already booked Mad Monday? They chose to have a red hot crack, but it was all for nothing. So from their perspective, and I'll, yeah. we'll probably save more of this when we do the review, team reviews from the eight next week, but we've said it from the start. One and five start, Maddo suspension, Regan injury suspension, Lane had a bad year injury, Sebo a couple of suspensions, Origin hit more than what we thought because after the few injuries, they pulled a couple in. Yeah. And then when they got some momentum, the Dylan Brown thing took all the wind out of the sail and then Moses fractured his face. So it's just been that type of year for them. Anytime it seemed like they had any little bit of hope, something bad happened. They never had their nine situation sorted. Yeah. They never got their bench sorted. They went through a bunch of back rowers before he finally landed on Cartwright. And then Lane never got hit. Like, there was multiple things that changed throughout the year for Paramount. Yeah. And the biggest thing for them is it was just not making excuses, but it was certainly one of those years for them. Anything that could have gone wrong at any stage or any time there was any hope, something else popped up. I yeah. still think that was a top eight roster, in my opinion. But it certainly wasn't a good year. On the field, injury-wise, and off the field. Mm. So, interested to see what sort of moves they make in the off-season. But no doubt, nine certainly a priority in cleaning up some OB spots. Because yeah. by the end there, they quit on Wanga. They had a couple other guys they had to bring in that they probably didn't want to. Um, and yeah, they probably took too long to sort out the bench in the back row. Yeah. So, they need to come into next year a lot more clearer. Probably from the development of a Hopgood and a Cartwright and a few things now going, all right, that's sorted. He's part of our rotation. Props. Madison, Ahaz will be back. Gutherson. And then the other thing is that firebomb they threw mid-year about, oh, well, do we want to get another fullback and push him to the centres? It's an expensive centre. Yeah. And if you think you're going to get a good gun fullback who makes an impact for cheap, again, that's another solo cap issue. Or you need to take a risk on someone young. Mm. And then again, who are you getting them off? Who's going to give them you that player? Yeah. So, questions. But that's pretty much my summary here. Yeah, they got him. A lot of people said it was uncharacteristic for Toto. Well, he was playing with a kid, McLean, that he hasn't played with before. Yep. McLean in particular got himself caught in. Out, they were disconnected. They've never played together. Exactly, um, yeah. Was there some other negatives? Yeah, there was. But overall, missing those players and the rotation they've had on the way, and I can't take too much out of this game. No, I'm with you. Yeah, that's all. Because Parramatta's out, so we'll leave that one. If Penrith shit the bed this week with a full strength side, and then heading into week one a bit wobbly, then then maybe you can sit there and go, okay, yeah, that loss into playing all their players into a loss week one, like this is concerning. But I'll. I'll reserve my judgment if they play a full strength side this week or close to full strength mm. this week. Uh, Warriors-Dragons. Honestly, I think the Warriors were lucky to win this one. Uh, yeah, they were. I thought the Dragons mm. have been... Gave a good account of themselves. Really good nuisance value. And then I actually went back just for this whole year. Their record doesn't feel right to me. I know a lot's happened. Yeah. But they had losses by 2-6-1, 2 They've been in a lot of games. A lot of games considering the Ben Hunt staff, the Griffins. Stuff. There's been a lot going on at the Dragons this year. Yeah. But it feels like there's so many games where despite that, they've just been there or thereabouts and they haven't been able to get done. But when they start off with a new try from the kickoff, I just thought that's crazy. Hmm. Warriors then seem to have all the possession, all the opportunities, battered them. Probably the most impressive thing for here tonight was the goal line defense of the Dragons. It's only absorbed two tries. Yeah. And then when Adam Fanua Blake didn't ground that ball, I thought that was absolutely insane. Get back into the cycle of the second half, even though, like I said, 
basically just camped in their own end on the back foot the whole time. The, the poor young kid, Finnau, that broke my heart on debut. Rolled up and got the syndesmosis. Um, the video of like him getting his jersey and his parents and that was awesome too. But they come out and they get that try from a kick contest. Before you know it, it's 10-6. If you'd watched that game and all the possession, the opportunity, the meters, everything, like, you're like the Warriors should be winning this game by 20 or 30. Yeah. But they would not go away. And then they had a couple of opportunities that obviously didn't work out. Little had a no try. Um, but yeah, it all comes down to that Sloan play. And said it a few weeks ago, Flanagan listening to the radio when I drive home on Saturdays, they've been the one when I've left commentating a few times. He's been pretty critical. I would have loved to have heard what he had to say in this situation because I have no doubt in my mind he's got talent, but that fullback jersey's open next year. Massively. Because yeah. plays like that, regardless of how talented you are, that's the sort of stuff that after a couple of years now, and I know I've said it myself, he probably hasn't got a full clean run under Griffin, but under Flanning, I think it's going to be more about that sort of shit the preseason. Yeah. That if he shows his little flashes, but he's not willing to do the hard stuff or work on his game as a whole, rather than just rely on his talent, he won't be playing fullback for the Dragons. No. He, yeah, he needs... Certainly not a... Um... It's not a talent issue. No, it's a it's an attitude and issue and a, probably a work ethic issue. Mm. So that can probably give a little bit more to, like I said, they probably need to give him more time, but now you're probably seeing some of why Griffin was like, well, I don't want to give him the time. Yeah. He's not earning the time. Yeah. So as harsh as some people are to him. But yeah, I honestly thought they gave a real good account of themselves under under duress. They mm. were pumped for a lot of this game. There was a lot of try saves and a lot of opportunities there for the Warriors or half drops like Murata put a couple of down where I thought he could have went through. They technically have the worst right edge in the comp. They only scored there once through Chance when Lomax had a little bit of an inside shoulder slip. I thought Dallin was going to get a hat-trick and they just absolutely murdered that edge of the field. They did. So, yeah. turned into a real shit fight for the Warriors. It's seven in a row. First top four finish since 2007. A lot of people, again, like I said last week, going, oh, three bad teams, three close wins the last few weeks. That shows where the Warriors have got to that. We're complaining about wins. In the past, we just sort of said, oh, they lost, so... Am I impressed by them? Does it worry me probably who they played, how they played coming into finals? Maybe a little bit because of the standard they've set this year, but you've just won seven games in a row. Yeah. So again, be concerned if you get into a big <laughs> prelim off the back of a rest and lay an egg. If they come out of this well-rested, play well, and almost beat someone or do beat someone week one, well, then these last three weeks meant fucking nothing. They were doing what they needed to do to secure their top four spot. Let's hope that's the case. Yeah, exactly. But if we see these sort of performances <laughs> week one against a Brisbane or a Penrith, well, then we'll probably do have cause for concern. They might be at the back door. Yeah. But I'll reserve that for them. Um, yeah, same players all year. Like, Tohu was great. Fanil Blake has been huge. I, like I said, if there's two blokes who deserve a rest, they're it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chance is getting one as well. He's certainly... He's smart. <clears throat> yeah, he's responded off the back of being moved on from Canberra. And Johnson, I sort of said last week, Bar Ponga with a late run or harsh consistency across the year, this, that, and the other, you'd think Johnson and the new Daly M system's probably wrapped up an absolute stack of points. Yeah, 100%. He would have pulled a lot of six-pointers, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, flip side of that, like, yeah, really good account. Guys like Dan Russell finally get an opportunity. I think he's done a really good job. Yeah. You know, and they've blooded a couple of guys at the back end. You know, give him and some time, give him Finau a game, the two Couchman twins, etc. I think Carr's done a pretty good job. Um and more importantly, it shows they haven't quit because if they quit, they would have been getting absolutely lapped. Yeah. If anything, I think they've become more resilient since this and kind of bought into what they are. They're certainly not the uh, prettiest team, the Dragons, but... No, they're not. They're there they're, for like everything. Like you say, yeah, their mentality's been good. And it's probably led by you types like a Laurie. Laurie's been outstanding. 
just in his work and what he's doing. But yeah, guys like Russell coming in making fifty tackles and people chipping away. I don't know DeBellin's been missing, but they sort of just backed themselves in this period with him off the toilets and working hard. Yeah. And yeah, games like that Parramatta game, they they probably should have won. And there's been other games like that along the way, but they could have quit on this weeks ago. Yeah. And they haven't. So that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they jag one this week. With Newcastle resting, but leaving that one behind. Cowboys 34-10. This one's another one where I just looked at it and thought, as, as impressed as I was with some of their football, I looked at who they were playing. Mm. And the Dolphins are cooked. Absolutely. So I looked at that, and a lot of people are like, oh, they're primed for Penrith. I'm like, that's not Penrith standard. Penrith aren't going to give them some of the things they got out of that. You're not going to have Deed and, and drink water just floating around and jumping short sides and getting thrown twos and throwing face passes and cutouts and rolling up the center like they were. That's not going to happen. Zach no, Labert's not going to get to cut back on inside shoulder and beat three or four guys or get to the corner. Like that stuff's not going to happen. Yeah. They need to get an all no, war. Right, you're right. They need to embrace everything they were last year. The stuff that's been missing this year, particularly defensively. Play one twos, good kick chase, pressure, strangle, line speed, like all the stuff that's probably been the, the best part of what I thought would be there that hasn't been there for the Cowboys this year needs to be found this week. Mm. And it needs to be found in a real way. Because if they don't take that the blue bit, they'll probably get pumped. 100%. So I take nothing out of this game, except they needed to win and they did. Yeah. And for the Dolphins, I take the same thing I've said the whole year. There's some real highlights, like the Zarco's turned their career around, Nicarima, like Lemma. There's guys that have really been positive considering where they were, what people thought of them, where they got to. But it's a similar deal. I think they've overachieved for what they were, but there's nothing else really to say for now. Get to the off-season... Keep developing the few guys you've got, bring in the few new bloods they've got, and we'll have a look at them again next season. That's true. Mm. There's not much else you can say for them right now. They're, they they really are out of petrol, though. They are, yeah. But I think, again, similar deal with the Dragons, think they could find something this week. Weakened Warriors side, last game, heading at the end of the year on a positive. Hopefully, Jaguar went in the same in front of a big crowd. Absolutely, but yeah. That's yet to be seen. Storm Titans, um, I actually thought the Titans weren't that bad. And the thing here is the same thing that's concerned me about Melbourne this whole year. Their biggest streak has been three in a row. They've done it twice. There's been a lot of patches, but there's even patches in games. And I still have similar concerns. We don't always win the forward battle. They're very inconsistent in the middle. The spine at times is very inconsistent as a whole on who plays well in a game. And the same edge has been a concern the whole year, which is our right edge teams attacking left edge. And they got us there a couple of times. They found some opportunities there. There's periods, again, where they're up, they're down. Munster had some really good moments. Hughes and Harry had some good moments at the back end. It's sort of come off the back of a yo-yo that they really took control of it um, in that second half and, and got them off the park. But again, it came off all those guys playing well together at the same time. Yeah. Harry, Hughes combining a couple of times. Quick play of the balls for him to jump out. Munster down a short side. Hughes digging the line, getting a quick play of the ball for Welch to get a crash ball when they'll flat back foot, but it's more... You, it, there's never been a Melbourne side in such a long period of time, but again, you take a 1,000 games worth of experience out of your forward pack where there's been such gluts of inconsistency in-game, let alone week to week. That's true. Where at times I look at them and go, man, they look like a bottom four side. And then at other times you're like, man, they look like a top four like side. Bitters, yeah. Like it's, it's, <clears throat> it's not even week to week, it's in-game. Yeah. But I'm like, they're going to get beat today. Like the Dragons game last week, I watched that back, I was like, they look like they're going to get beat. Yeah. But when it mattered, they found a couple of tries. Yep. This game was similar. I was like, it's 18-16 against the Titans. Uh, and before I know it, it was 37-16. I was like, okay, now it's game over. Yeah. But within, like, it's not even week to week. It's literally within game. I see so many different versions of them. Hmm. 
the good stuff is really, really good. The bad is really bad. Yeah, I think Bellamy's aware of it. Yeah. And that's what would be expected when you let go of Felice, Kenny, Jesse, Brandon Smith, and what walked out the door. They knew that they wanted to invest in their spine. They're really happy, obviously, with some of their OBs. A couple of guys haven't played at their contract, and they're obviously trying to develop a forward pack. I think the real highlight has been Eli Katala. Yeah. They've found someone in him. I think Liero has certainly done a job, but as a whole, I think our biggest issue, and I've said this to you, and I've said it on here multiple times, is middle rotation. Yeah. Welch tries really hard, but he's yeah. had multiple leg issues Particularly in now. big games, because then you've got to stretch the other guys out. makes it hard. Probably the one who's really disappointed me, if I'm being honest, is Nelson. I think Nelson's had a pretty quiet year. Yeah. Off the back of extending and signing. Like general physics to me, a man that size, if he has a head full of steam and gets between defenders, should come out the side, out, out the other side almost every time. Mm. I feel at times he muddles around too much in trying to fend or bump one person and stop and stuff like just I'd like to see him two or three wide, steam on or get between two defenders and get down. Coming, or come out the other side. Coming off the back fence. You look at- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tackle breaks, like on the weekend they go, he had 11, but I like I looked at some of the carries and I'm like, yeah, but he's fly swatting people and he's not making meters. Mm. Like just back fence it, hit a gap. Physics says a man that's almost 125 kilos hitting a gap is probably going to come out the other side. Or he's going to do a pretty bloody good job putting a dent in the line, getting through, finding his front and getting us to play the ball. Yeah. But we, right now, between, say, him and Tui, are probably the only real two that kick the front door in for us. Mm. Tarek hasn't quite worked out how I'd hoped. He's had some injuries and suspension problems, but the middle rotation is probably the biggest concern I have in the finals. Yeah. Then on a hard day against Penrith, which you've seen twice, or even the Broncos, I'm sure they can bother Broncos in other ways, but there's a couple of packs and even the Warriors pack that I don't know if they can go with them. So um, that'll be an off-season issue where, again, you hope they take another step forward this year as they've done when they let all those games walk out the door. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for the Titans, um, again, there's good moments, there's bad moments. Probably the big thing I've wanted to focus on the last two weeks is watching Tommy Weaver. <laughs> to throw an 18-year-old kid in against Penner from the Storm, that's a pretty rough try. I've, I've seen some positives. Great. I think there's, for a guy literally, again, 18, who's come from schoolboy to NRL, some vision stuff, some engagement stuff, couple of the kicks for dropouts, like some of the ball playing and getting space for his outside. Man, I I see some real positives in Tom Weaver. I agree, yeah. Biggest thing, obviously, as we know right now, is he's a kid, so defensively. Um, if that's sort of where he's going to stay or if he, even if he grows a little bit, he's just working on the week-to-week of playing NRL, the physicality, or if not, if he can get someone to ride shotgun with him. Absolutely. Because yeah. I'd see a lot of upside, but yeah, you're not going to be able to just leave him out there exposed. So, yeah, I, I think there's an upside there. Brimson had moments. Tino, as always, is Tino. And the other one that always gets me, Kelly had a much better day defensively, but in offense, he's dynamite. It's just that week to week, he can be at polar opposites in those two regards. He can be so good offensively, but just do so much bad stuff in D. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Roosters, Tigers, 32-8. to eight. I don't even know what to say about what Jared did. Again, like I said, yeah, I think a lot of it, comes down to his name and 
I don't agree with the grading on one of them. Um, in particular, the headbutting side of things. But then I just look at it and go, well, you sort of do this to yourself when you've got this reputation. But what more confuses me is why. Yeah. And I right. guess that's been the story of his career at times. Like, you're winning by 20-something points. There's 15 minutes to go. You kick pressure in. That was good enough. You didn't need to do what you did. And then the ensuing thing, and then you put yourself in the situation. Like, yeah. if that moment was going to happen, I would have expected to happen against the Rabbitohs where he lost his mind. But yeah, that's right. Like yeah. you're there, then that game, the score, like oh, none of it made sense to me. That's probably more when I saw it. I was just like, really, Jared, <laughs> and I love Jared. The stuff like that, I'm like, well, given who you are and your history, this is not going to work out well for you. Exactly. And to get two charges, third and subsequent, and both, he's essentially yeah, just put a noose around his neck and said, I'm in big Barney rubble. Um, and there you go. Looking at it now while we're talking, because I wanted to see if that's the case. He got seven matches, so he didn't get a downgrade. He accepted guilt on one, and then he fought the other charge for the dangerous Yuck. contact. They said no dice, so seven games. Yep. So for him, best case scenario, the Roosters make week one, play two games, and he still owes five games next year. So he won't be playing until round six or seven of the NRL. Yeah. So that's huge. Um, yeah, looking at this year, seven matches unsuccessful in his bid to downgrade. He's been found guilty of grade two dangerous contact. The hearings adjourned there. Um, and final comments or anything else. They've tried to argue that basically it was a body check on a kicker who doesn't get hurt. I watched it a lot of times to see if there was head contact or it was, if it was as bad as what it was. But again, like I said, when it's Jared, you can add GST regardless. Yeah. Because just by reputation, he's going to put himself in a bad spot. Yeah. But all the follow-up afterwards and the third subsequence, it's really put him in a hole. Exactly. So, yeah. That's the that's the sad part. Because when I actually watched this game, I thought, you know what? I know it's only playing the Tigers, but it's three in a row. It's four of their last five. They've sort of worked through some issues as the years gone by, are, are gone past. There's guys that have been playing bad football, slowly playing good football. Kiri's come up with 12 assists. He looks confident. He's digging the line. He's ball playing. His kicking's been good. Walker first game back in was the Walker that come into grade. They looked like they'd taken the pressure off him to be able to do what he does best. Yeah. Like that running trial was outstanding. A couple of short kicks, four some dropouts. Cheese is even out and running and offloading. A couple of their forwards were getting some second phase. Like they'll generate a bit more of the roosters you'd probably come to know. Yeah. Punch it in first, willing to risk it a little bit. Big back five rolling opportunities coming with those sort of guys. Even the readjustment when Barney went off. Like Suala, he went to the back and had a great game. Was great physically. Was good in the ball playing. I tell you what, he's a hell of a goal kicker. <laughs> like I, yeah. I seen him kicking the juniors and thought, oh, he's okay. But he must have been working on it since. He's absolute radar. Yeah. Um, right. And then what we talked the other way, like Billy Smith, to finally see him have a run and what he can do. So I see all these positive in the upside, and that sort of at the end really deflated me. Plus the money moment. Yeah. Um, so like this feels like another one where again where the year just hasn't worked out. Injuries now suspension. Teddy comes back next week. They'll shuffle in. Crichton and a couple other guys, but it, it just feels like a real missed opportunity this year. And a lot of what what could have been. Exactly. Similar to yeah. a Parramatta where we talk health, off-field, murmurs, suspensions. It seems like there's a noise around them for the first time since the year where Pierce got suspended. And it's ended in a similar fashion where they, they might just get in. But even if they do get in, it hasn't been a successful season by Roosters since. Yeah, they're not a threat. No. I felt last year when they snuck in, they were a threat. I so did I. This year... I don't think they were at all. They obviously destroyed their season. Yeah. Last year, week one, and then they had the injuries that day we went to the opener. 
which sort of just led into week one and yeah. everything, you know, hitting the skids. But yeah, this year I'd sort of look at them, even if they get in, I, I can't see them going any further than week two. Yeah. Even if they somehow got into week one and punched a Newcastle or someone in the mouth, if the Warriors or anyone comes backwards for them, Storm, Penrith, Broncos, I just, I don't see them winning. Yeah, um, I agree. And then you look at them even for their position. They've had a similar point in the last sort of month in that lead-in as much as what's been going on. Lost to Canberra by two, lost to Manly by two, lost to the Dragons by two. They're another one that's a woulda, coulda, shoulda along the year where they could have already been in despite everything that's gone wrong. Yeah. But um, I'm sure, as we've said before, we, this is not the end of them. I reckon there'll be an off-season move. Yeah. Like they've yeah. made a little bit. The big one is what we've already said with Suoleti. Is that tenable for another year? Are they happy with that? Or are they not? Like it seems like things have settled down a lot. But if they want cat room to make a move, I guess they'd only do it if they felt they could get someone. Question yeah. is, can they get someone? At this point, it's pretty slim pickings. Yeah. So something really big would need to happen, I think. But uh, Tigers, there was some effort there. Um, but yeah, similar deal for them. You roll Will Smith in your halves and that's the sort of spine you're playing with. I don't really know what you expect. Yeah. That's pretty much where it's at. Fair. Nice moment for Tristan Riley. Nice to see you took Amanu sort of be the leader out of origin. I think he's had some good games at the back end of the year. He has. Uh, Buller, yeah, Bolo, yeah. like there's some positives for them there. There's, like I said, there's always green shoots with the Tigers. I still think it's the thing we talk about all the time. The, the bigger issue is that it just seems that the plan resets every 12 months and too much else changed around the club. Mm. People get jack of it. People move on. Just you'd like to think that at some point, and it feels like we've been saying this for a decade, you'd get some consistency and some stability. You'd hope so. But again, we'll see in 2024 what the go is. Broncos, Raiders, we obviously had a little bit of a chat before. Um, but, man, this first half was entertaining. It was an absolute yo-yo. Back <laughs> and forth in terms of the tries. Brisbane would score, then they'd make an error and invite Canberra down there. Elliot Whitehead wound back the clock a little bit, hit a nice lead line for an offload. Then with that Rapana play on the nice shift, come up with a good pass there, and Kotrick had some work to do. But this was pretty much just Walsh doing his thing. Jock Madden and Mann were smart enough to pretty much run the similar shapes what they do get Walsh space on the edges and try and create doubt. And the fact that they rolled Jack out into the centers with Frawley on the inside, who's obviously not the quickest man, he was able to just create disruption and doubt the whole night there. He disconnected by getting Jack in. He disconnected by having him out and getting on the outside of Walsh. Three on twos, two on ones, the last one he ran for. Basically, any time he got to that edge, he was creating havoc. He was, yeah. So it was a very simple recipe for them. They still rolled well with the middles they had. Haas did a good job. Palacia and all these sort of guys. Heatherton Jensen... During the year, when they're called on, Willison, um, anyone that's been asked to come in, and I know he didn't play on the weekend, Pierre Kura, everyone's done a job. Absolutely. So I think yeah. the biggest thing that they've found is what we talked about for Penrith in years prior. If they were to lose someone or needed Pierre Kura to start or needed one of those guys to come in, they know they can rely on him. And the biggest area of improvement was probably my biggest criticism. I think Billy Walters is actually playing really good football. He is. So He's that, improved every week. Taking that part yeah. now and looking at it and going, okay, he plays majority of the minutes. Smoothie comes in, does a little bit of work. Middle rotation's good. If they're healthy and full flush, it's just simply a question of what we said before. If they get into a cycle game where they can't just fire all the bullets like they like to, can they hang in that period for a little bit? Because when they get their opportunities, we know they can score. Yeah. But can they embrace that side in a tough finals game where it might tighten up for a little bit? Where they can't make yardage errors like they did the other night and do that sort of stupid shit. Because that's what it'll cost them, not ability. Yeah. It's the thing like... They were basically 50% for a point there and give Canberra opportunities to get stay in that game. Every time they scored, they dropped the football, yeah. play one or two. Sure. Your Cobos, your Stags. Brisbane's biggest enemy is going to be Brisbane at this point in time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. I agree, man. So, 
Um, oh yeah, and you can bring a lot about this game, like I said again, but uh, I honestly think this pretty much sums up Canberra's year. I, I like Canberra's forward pack. I think there's some good things in the outside backs, but despite what was said in terms of coming into it, the reshuffle I found interesting. Um, you've gone the whole year with Jack at six. I know like Frawley is a good stable option. He maybe felt that he could tighten up his edges, but I, I don't know. Why now? A week out. And then to carry Croker, I know it's his last game. Like, to me, you're either playing him or you're not playing him. Yeah, and Chris know. too. Like Chris played all that time at fullback. I know Rappers had a good last couple of weeks. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't that know. part I found strange and hard to work out. I yeah. think if your best teams are no one, no one asked him that question in the press conference. Everyone's scared of him though. And I'm not saying that here, guy. Like, I'm tough. I'm just saying I think when Ricky comes in to move like that, no one wants to ask him why. I get that, that, but like but that would distracted it away. Like I'm a football person. I yeah, want so to know. Like, fo- yeah, I don't give a shit about. I wanted, that's stuff. what I wanted to know. Like why now? With when well, you not had even Chris that. and or what was the thing? Rick, can you tell us the thing behind your team changes? You probably yeah. gone no. Yeah, that's, <laughs> okay. that's, that's probably the reason I cool. asked, but that's what I thought. Maybe yeah, I'm like, but well, ask question. I would have left Jack and maybe had Chris outside in if you stick him with a partner and you still get a. I find it and, strange that all these journos get on TV and you know want to criticise coaches until they talk to coaches. But when they get in the room with them, they don't ask them. That was like Kenny and all that, like I said before, and they used to have. Talk shit about Melbourne. Then every so often they have Bellamy on there. Like, hey, Bellamy, how you going, man? Yeah, I'm like, you fucking kick him in the guts for 20 weeks on there. And the one time you get him on, instead yeah. of firing a shot at him, you're his best mate. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm, I'm more like you. I, for the footy reasons, I just more wanted to know, okay, why now Jack there and sticking with the rapper and you've brought Chris back in, but you've put him, you know, in a different spot because obviously Timoko's not going to move on the other edge now. He's locked yeah. in. But just in picking what you've got and you've got Kotrick in who's been out for the majority of the year. Yeah. We haven't seen Savage like you've had two or three iterations of your outside backs, your centre pairings, your wings, your full back. Like by this point, you'd sort of want to bank on what what is my best back line. Chris played the majority year at one, so if he's healthy, I'd play him as my one. Yeah, Rapana's my probably one of my best wingers. I want him on the wing. If Tootsie's not in there, I just don't play Tootsie. Or if it's his farewell and you're going to bite the bullet, to me, you just have to play him. Yeah, and you leave Jack at six because early in the year it was the big talking point of obviously. His leadership and he's been great and he's bound, uh, bonded a lot of us back together and we've played well. On the flip side, we're not there. So maybe he's injured. I don't know. He's had a lot of injury problems. Maybe he's busted because he wasn't playing cut when he was out either. So, but like you said, someone needed to ask a footy question to get that answer. Mm. And he may have not have given it. But yeah. that I looked at just as much as what we said. I know he was angry, but there was bits like that that I looked at. The two for all the errors, Rapano's trip. There's just there's other moments there where I'm like, well, you're as much your biggest enemy as what that one call is a 50-50. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, for Brisbane, again, proving they can win without having everybody there. So that's obviously great for them. Interesting to see if Fogarty plays. We know, uh, as we said before, that Papali's now out for the season with that bicep tendon injury. And probably funnily enough, uh, all the talk during the week was they're very heavy on Ezra Mann. That'd be a great player to grab if you're the Raiders. I think Mann would probably be one of the most sought-after players on the open market. That's fair. And you've got to think about it a bit like we've talked about in the past. You spend on Carrigan, you spend on Haas, Reynolds wants another year, Walsh is going to need an upgrade, Stag's got paid. At some point, something's got to give. Mm. So unless that, you know, man definitely wants to stay or the money's close or they can offer years or whatever else, I think him being an open market player, there'll be plenty of clubs interested. So I think for Canberra, that's someone I'd certainly be keen on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and congratulations to Corey Oates, 200 games. Feels like he's played for it does. He's hell had of a lot longer. Injuries. But yeah, he's missed a couple of seasons yeah. or thereabout. So 
finally hit that marker. Um, yeah, good result for them given circumstances. Manly Dogs, I don't even know if I really want to talk about the game, if I'm being honest. The late points to make it 42-24 was garbage time. It was well and truly done before that. Yeah. Um, I was probably more interested in what Serraldo said afterwards. That he was basically sick of what was going on in the standards and the part they highlighted about the five guys not chasing. I think the bigger thing is a couple of those guys were some of his key signings. Burton, Mahoney, you know, Punga we know is moving on, etc. And some of the things that he said and, and then as usual, again, take with a grain of salt, but obviously the Daily Telegraph, your buzzers, your issues with between him and Phil and all the stuff that's been coming out the last weeks, but they're all coming out again a lot about leaks and players that are off him and they don't like the culture and they're overworked. Like, there's a lot of stuff coming out of that. Yeah. What is real, what's not. Different story, but I think the one thing you can say, again, is the proofs in the pudding in terms of how they're playing that I actually think they're worse this year. Yeah. And that's hard to say because as much as it's easier when you bring in a interim and a lot of guys know they're moving on this, that, and the other, I just I honestly think they'll play better football in the run in the back end of last year with a lesser squad. Yeah. So, yeah, hard to say, but, you know, I know Kikau's missed the majority of the year, so I can't judge him too harshly, but the miss at marker between him and Ockenbohr and just some off-the-ball efforts, the sort of stuff we talked about at the back end of Penrith where he sort of ticked a lot of boxes that we didn't expect him to tick in terms of the way he played. I think Burton's confidence and his, I don't know if it's so much of his ability, but maybe his confidence has gone backwards with what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think he's gradually... Got worse, like a, a Mahoney, Mahoney starts the year really well, but played in a really good pack at Parramatta. Spoke about the price and the value and what you get there. And I know they talk about leadership, but 750000 I'd question that buying price. I think similar deal, like he's worn down over the year. Yeah. Been penalties, frustration, missed nine tackles. Like there's a lot there for them. And I know they've got more big names coming in again, but I still don't think they've addressed the one area they really need to address, which is middle. Mm-hmm. So you can bring Sherry, you can bring Critter. They're talking about getting Kurt Mann now. They've got Salmon coming. They've got Taft coming. But I'm looking at it going, well, it's the same problem. Like Thompson, they're going to have to argue about money and he's been injured the whole time he's been there. Max King's a rotation player at best, not a starter. Pungai Jr.'s been hugely inconsistent. Now he's moving on. Yeah. But like, who's your middle? You don't have a dominant, standout, excellent leader of your pack. And the thing is, you don't just need one of them. You still need a pack. I think they're not they're not just short one really quality middle. They're short of middles full stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you might yeah, have yeah. Sherry, Critter, Taff, Fox, Carouse. Like you might have an excellent one to seven along with the potential of Salmon, Burton, Reed, and look at that and kick out and go, look at this and press them. But I'm like, Where, where's your middle? Yeah. Where's what's laying the foundation for all that? You can have a great one to seven, a couple of good edges and that, but if your engine room and your rotation's piss weak, well, it all starts in the middle. Yeah, it does. So That's right. certainly something needs to be addressed. And I know the market's not there for it, but there was other times during the last two years where I think that's an area they've certainly neglected. They've spent a lot of the flashy positions, but they haven't worked on the grunt stuff. Sure. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to get any better, but wrapped to Manly, uh, Cherry, masterclass. He's had a really good year. Uh, wrapped up within, <laughs> and we spoke about this the other day, wrapped up within some of the results and inconsistencies of them, but he's certainly not been a part of that. He's been no, quality. He's playing. It's, oh, it's got to be close to his best season ever. Mate, the kicking, the ball playing, even the work at dummy half. That's when you know the game slowed down for you. Yeah. Pick it up dummy half on a loaded short side, sell two players, split them, run. Yeah. Um, you know, like the all-ass stuff, just the patience for Olaquatu, hits that play the ball, hit short, like everything like that. Just seeing everything like beach balls. Yeah. The week before we talked about it. 
Good to see Gordon finally get a debut. Unreal, yeah. Been a long year. Yeah, really, really good. Good bloke. You've been working with him, obviously. Yeah, working. Well, he's played with us every game up until this weekend. Good human um, being, for more reports. A beautiful human, yeah. Really lovely kid. Um, he's just had a young son. Humble, humble guy, humble family, and works extremely hard. And, um, yeah, I'll reiterate everything that's been said publicly this week. Yeah, super, super happy with him, super proud of him. Um, yeah, and he's been a pleasure to work with this year. So long may he stay in first grade continue. And another quality human being who played really well and has, I think, with his opportunities at the back end, Toff. Toff was really good again. He's a beautiful man as well, yeah. Mm. They're just, yeah, got a lot of good humans there. Um, Toff has, like, yeah, he can find a try, the big dog. Yeah, well, bloody hell. He can find a try. He's... um, Close to the line, like he's as good as I've seen. But he's actually got leg speed for that size. There's usually that does, yeah. mix of do you have minutes, power, size, leg speed. They're usually missing one part of it. I look at Toff. Toff plays quality minutes for the time he does play. Got good leg speed and he's powerful. Yeah. So it's just about getting consistency, I think, week to week to find himself in grade. But this sort of period he's had at the back end is the sort of thing you look at him and go, well, you should be in the team every week if you play like this. Yeah. And when you get your full strength side back, when you've got a Prosecco, him, this, that, and the other, and you look at that rotation, that's a real, real, real solid pack. Mm-hmm. But it is exactly that. You need to have that week to week. Um, Ola had a bit of a flat spot. I think he's come good at the back end as well. Ola Kawata. Yeah. And it was nice to see Cooler get a run at one. Probably not the greatest test opposition-wise, but he, he brained him. 300-plus metres. He had a couple of tries. We got to see that speed at times, but probably show he's still a, a diamond in the rough for me. Like, whether it be defensively at centre, what he does in the tackle, what he does at fullback, but you can't question the raw talent and the speed. Yeah. Just some more, I guess, nuanced bits of his game that have obviously got to be worked on, which is why they've invested in him long term. 100%. But, yeah, for the dogs, I, I didn't have a lot of positives to take out. And then when I heard all that noise, I'm just like, fuck, this seems like an ongoing cycle. And for their fans, I hope next year starts with a bang. But I just, looking at it purely from a football perspective, I'm like, okay. Nice outside backs, halves because they develop nine, like Preston's a hell of a firing kick out, but I'm still just looking at the middle going, well, that doesn't impress me at all. And if you can't win a middle, I find it hard to win many football games. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's the big question mark, I guess. Uh, last one, Night Sharks, eight in a row. Similar deal, we spoke about this. I really enjoyed the first half. This was a great game of football. Yep. But then I just take my head off to Newcastle to the job they did on the Sharks in the second half. They strangled them. Absolutely strangled them. And the quality that's coming out of them in all facets of their game, but in particular, look, their way the, the way the ball movement's working, but then again, to talk about what we said, when you've got someone like a clone who can come in and things just run as smooth and everything's on time and hitting to their edges and they sequence really nice and they go play for play. They don't waste plays. They don't waste plays at all. And just, you know, seeing the confidence grow in some guys like, the two Safidis and the way their year started to where it's got to now. Elliot got there injured a bit flat. I was disappointed with him. Frizz, I thought, was going to be on the way out. All these guys, as the year's gone on, had whatever their flashpoint was, whether it was the Ponga talk, O'Brien sit down with Ponga post. I don't know what it is. But there was, there's obviously been a real flashpoint somewhere here. Because mm-hmm. every one of those guys that's on the big money that everyone's sitting at going, well, they're here taking the piss, which has been the talk from Newcastle fans for a long time. It's all just hit at one moment. And yeah. every one of those guys is playing like there's nothing, nowhere else they'd rather be than Newcastle. And then seeing Bradman Best in origin, like I even questioned at the time, but this Bradman Best, this version of Bradman Best, this version of Newcastle is why he was touted the way he was. Yeah. Like, 
And then, you know, the Marju thing now just seems like an absolute genius move. To well, bring someone yeah. to your pack five on yeah. a multi-year deal on next to nothing because you swapped him for a hooker that you clearly thought, well, we're happy with. Jaden, even though he's got injuries, Phoenix has obviously turned out to be a great backup and they're obviously confident with a few others they've got coming through or the cover they've got, but that seems like a real small move in the scheme of things at the start of the year, but to look at what they generate from their two wingers from the backfield and the way both of them finish, on top of what Ponga is doing now, two front rowers, Leo Thompson's improvement, Fitzgibbon's back end, like your croakers, anyone they're sort of put on the bench. One to 17, they're another one of these teams you're looking at right now going, everyone at Newcastle is playing their best football. Hmm. Yeah. They are. Mm. Playing a fantastic style of footy. But, yeah, I just thought the second half was something else. And I'll give a wrap. Again, I think Trindle's made a hell of a difference. I know the second half wasn't great for him, but first half, he came up with a couple of try saves. Yeah. Um, the effort stuff, that edge that was poor for them is now the one that tightened up. And I'm not just going to kick him because he's down there again, but unfortunately, more than was put on the opposite edge yesterday. That's the edge they basically went to. And they found love there a few times again. Because it's not just him, it's getting at the players around him. They turned Marju back on. I got like a bit of a one-on-one when they pulled him out of shape. He got ridden on with somebody else at another time. One of the first tries with Ponga, I can't blame him, but he got to the outside of him and his inside shot was Jesse Raymond who backpedaled with no grasp on him. Just small stuff. But yeah. that was obviously a, a key point for them again where they mainly went that way and they found a lot of love. So yeah. not saying Nico fixes that particularly, but it's always a bit of a flashpoint, like we said, and why he probably found himself on the outer that when he isn't there. The edge can be a bit frail. But yeah, I just thought they completely dismantled him second half. They didn't let him out of their end. Cronulla was also their own worst enemy, but they did not take their foot off the throat. They kept him down there. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. Probably my highlight of the whole half was the Ponga repeat set. Then they changed possession. Then he went line break off kick return. They played straight away off the back of that play. Got it to Clune. Got over to the edge and created a nice sort of two-on-one to put best through a hole. Like, that strike to flip the field and play like that. Like, that's peak confidence when you just go, yep, zing, zing, 100%. two plays, bang, or just absolutely choke slammed him. Mm. And then Dylan Lucas at the end of that last try, that probably showed where Cronulla was at gas-wise because they hadn't had the footy for almost 20-something minutes. Yeah, they were, they were great. And that's not to take away. That was a great try from him, and I'm happy because he's transitioned to a harder position in back row from centre. And he's had a rough run the last few years with a lot of talk about his potential and who he is, but to come like to score that try, and I looked, I just looked at that moment. Like, they're they're done. It's a very yeah, good, very cooked. good game. Yeah. So, um, huge upside out of that one for Newcastle again, and the fact they had a couple of laid outs. So Hastings didn't play again. Fitzgibbon, who's been doing a really good job, didn't play. Um, everyone that came in did their job, and again, confidence should be sky high. Absolutely. So to come yeah. into this week, they haven't rested as many, but they've strategically rested. They've rested Gagai. Crossland's obviously carried a huge load since he's gone into nine, so they're going yeah. to give him a break this week. Riley Jones is debuting. He's played Flagging Cup this year. I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, Pong with the AC thing, like we said, that's going to have to be managed. Hopefully, he doesn't cop a knock early in the game and you know get taken out. I guess week one. Yeah, but it's yeah, that's certainly one that's going to be interesting to see how that works out for them. But um, yeah, what a story! Like eight in a row. Coming from where they were mid-year, he was going to be gone. Lots of guys were on the outer. Like, there was just all negativity. And, yeah, it's a hell of a turnaround. Probably the biggest thing I want to see from here is, regardless of how this ends up, I'm more keen to see Newcastle next year. Yeah. With, you know, what they've done here and where they can take it. Going, well, lads, look what we've done here. Let's start the year better. Have a couple of guys added to their squad and those couple of young English players who are certainly talented if they can reach their best ability. Where do we get to there? 
Mm. You know, where, where's that put us? And you, you take that sort of form where they finish the back end of the year, that's not only a top eight side, that's a side that's competing for the four. Yeah. If you put that picture in across 24 rounds. Yeah. Not just the last, you know, however many. They were five and eight or whatever it was. Yeah, crazy. They were five and, yeah, they were absolutely cooked. So, there you go. That wraps up the the games this weekend. Let's preview the round and do our tips. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to do them, have back anyone for a bet. Make sure you do it with a true blue bookie. There is no one better. But remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Tips last week, I got seven, you got six. The only one we had different was the Sharks-Knights game. I was in the Knights, you're on the Sharks, so... You're on Stupid. 127. I'm on 125. Uh, this week, as we said, there's an absolute clean out in terms of how teams have lined up. So flip a coin in a lot of regards. But the first one, Storm and the Broncos Thursday night. Still the potential for them to play final. Uh, sorry, to win the minor premiership here regardless. But Walsh, Farmworth, Cobbo, Mam, Walters, Haas, Catewell... All being rested, and Reynolds and Carrigan obviously still out. Stags got suspended. Um, so Josh Rogers will debut at 5'8". He's been playing at Burley uh, for a while and then moved over, I'm pretty sure, this year or the last two years to South Logan. Blake Moser, the kid that everyone was talking about pre-season, he's going to make his debut. Tristan Saylor comes in at the fullback, and Jordan Pereira will be on the wing. But they've still got Oates, Arthurs, Hoyta, uh, Madden's at seven, Flegler, Smoothie, Jensen, Piacura, Ricky, Palacios. Uh, for the most part, they've got a lot of guys that have been on the fringes or played games for them this year. Mm. Um, so that's pretty solid. For the Storm side of things, uh, exciting week for them, but Nick Meany, Seve, Coates, Munster, Welch, Nelson, Tui, Eisenhuth, Liera all being rested. Harry Grant's shoulder, Hughes knee have injuries. So they've pretty much opened things up a little bit here. Um, there's a couple of guys that are going to be playing for the sake of playing. I think a couple of guys are playing for a spot. So Pappenhausen, they talk that they're going to move forward with him still playing that role, basically a third half when he comes on. Yeah. And all-out attack, meaning he's obviously been really consistent, so they're standing by him, but he gets a full run this week. Olam's coming back into the centres. It's a chance, I guess, off Paul Foreman being playing Queensland Cup to prove a point this week. See if he can oust one of the guys. Remus has had injuries. I don't think his form's been that bad, but our back line's just really, really good this year. He's back in yeah. with Warbrick and Young. Nicarima and Wishart in the halves. You know, I said to you, I was surprised Pezzett wasn't there, but he's had a lot of games this year for a young bloke, I think. For them, they're probably not really worried and giving these two a run because they haven't played a lot of footy in first grade. It's Yeah, look, it's it's a game. Like, you're protecting the players. You think you're going to win your final well, let's games. let's put it this way. But you're also dipping if the If we lost a half, who's going to play next? Peasant. Mm. So he's probably going well. It's not... a little bit of fool's gold in that Brisbane are doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, Sims is starting in the front row with Maroa. Garlic at nine. Lewis in the back row with Katara and King. There's one I'm really excited to see, and I don't know how much time he gets. I hope he does, is Sua Falogo. He's the young fullback who murdered it in the preseason. He's been killing it in cup. He's an absolute live wire. Um, but with Pat there, I don't know whether they've got a minute sort of counter. They want to see him to play like a half of first grade or something like that at full speed. Yeah. Because he looked pretty cooked last week after the 10, 15 minutes. Mm. But Sua yeah. is electric. So I'm really hoping we get to see a good stint of him. The other one that's there is obviously Jack Howth, who's been spoken about for a long time. And people forget his age. I know they talk about the contract. He's had some injuries. Don't expect to see him set the world on fire there tonight. But there's two guys getting their debuts. So yeah. Uh, in terms of tipping it, I'm going Brisbane purely because they've got a lot more of their sort of fringe or regular. Excuse me. 
So, you know, Brisbane, yeah. Not with a lot of confidence. Yeah, me too. I, that little bit more extra, extra motivation. But Jock is probably better to have in the halves than what we've... Suncorp as well. Yeah, Jock's better than what we've sort of rolled out. But, like, when you look at the statistics, they don't support any of that, so... Nah, but I think it's, like you said, it's a different week. Because someone said this week, oh, they can end the hoodoo. I'm like, but does the hoodoo mean shit in this game? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's next week. If they play next week and they beat him next week, then they've really lifted the monkey off their back. But we're both on the Broncos. The odds are bluebet.com.au. $1.58 for the Bronx. Two thirty-five for the Storm. Minus four and a half. I would not be touching this game. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Manly, Tigers to finish up. Both teams are going to miss. Just one change for Manly. Dean Madison comes back onto the bench. Kelman Tualaga goes to 18th man. Schuster is in the reserves, as is Christian Tupelotu. And Jake Trebojevic is the 18th player to play 200 games for Manly this weekend. Uh, for West Tigers, Alex Twal, Jake King, Simpkin return for the final game, but Stefano Utukamano and John Bateman are both out injured. Arpi Coruscant will play halfback. Will Smith goes to the reserves. And two debutants, Josh Falidi, will make his debut in the centres. And Kit Lalouli is going to play off the bench. So That's good. All the way from SG Ball to first grade. Not the only one this year, Talented Silver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously pushing in some of those guys in the future. He's another one similar to Talon that I say, good reward, good carrot, good investment in their future. Just I hope that next year they don't get to a point where they push all in too early and burn a couple of them out. Yeah. They, ne- they still need to bring them along properly, not just throw them all in first grade and try to break them. But well-deserved for him. I, I didn't have much to do with him. I think you did for the first year maybe with Matt's, was it? Head kit and all that? No. No, they no, no, were the year, they're the under, year after. Under me, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but but by the looks of it from a distance that last year before we went, and from anyone I've spoken to that's still around there, everyone really holds him in high regard. So um, congratulations to him. I'll be sticking with Manly. Mm. I think they'll want to be going out with a bit of a bang considering the way they played, and it's at four points. So you think for the last game this year, 6pm? Yeah, we're doing our captain's run before it. Uh, that afternoon, and then I think majority staff and players are going to hang around and watch first grade. It'll be good. Oh, you yeah, think they'll roll in for last game of the year, mainly locals? Yeah, and then we play Sunday at, ah, uh, sorry, Saturday at North Sydney. So, yep. Tie one and the other, it'll be good. Hmm. You're on Manly? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they're $1.25 with bluebet.com.au. The Tigers, four bucks, 12 and a half is the line. Manly's only issue will be motivation. But they yeah, look motivated on the weekend. We saw that last week, so I think we'll see that again this week. Yeah. Finish on a high. Um, like you say, Friday night, home crowd. Tigers to take out Bateman, you took a man, like, and then roll in, you know, Arpy back to seven. And yeah, I, I just think, yeah. See what happens. Yeah. <coughs> Apologies for me as well. Uh, the big blockbuster, which has been a little bit blunted by what's happened to the Roosters, but Rabbitohs Roosters at Acor. Doesn't seem to matter who plays for these teams. They both want to kill each other. Jacob Host, Latrell Mitchell, Saliva Harvili are all out. Taff will go to fullback. Isaac Thompson has replaced Milne, who's 18th man on the wing. First run for him in a while. Tatola back starting in the front row of Shaq. Michael Cheekham, there is the replacement back row for Host. And Arrow goes back to the bench with Talos Duncan, Harme Saleh, and David Mowali. For the Roosters, Teddy's back at one. Manu is named in the centers again, um, whether it's a late pullout if he's bad or they just risk it. To try and get him, we'll see. Sawali's back to the wing. Um, Fletcher Baker comes in with Lindsay Collins in the front row with Jared ruled out. Siwa Wong, Nat Butcher, Vic Radley, and the bench now. Egan returns along with Angus Crichton to join Terrell May 
and Sandon Smith. Corey Allen is out. Drew Hutchison is obviously on the fringes again as well, and Jared suspended. I guess if there's a late change there with Manu, does he put Suwalei back in the centers, or does he put Allen there in the centers and him on the wing? I don't know. If he made a late middle change for anybody, I think Nafahu White would be the one to come in, but the only other thought I had was, would he do what he did last week? What do you think about playing a Wong because he's young and mobile and played there in Union in the centers? Mm. And it's leaving Suwalei on the wing to get that back three pair. I don't know. Be a big call yeah. for a young guy. But <clears throat> I guess he played that edge sort of style most of the way through in Union and League. That's right. So yeah. just depends what he wants. I think for a game at this level, uh, no offense to Corey Allen, that's probably something that I'd be doing. Yeah. But <clears throat> again, interested to see what happens. I really don't know what to think. I think the Roosters will certainly be motivated and not worried about the fact that they won't know whether they're in. They'd be happy to ruin South season. But I think the talk out of South this week, to see the Cam Murray sort of announcement where they're at, there's only one way to respond. That's win. Yeah. So with the suspension and the minor question mark, I'll be going with South. Me too, mate. Yeah. And the bookie is a blue bet. Certainly keeping this one close. Souths are eighty. Roosters, $2. I'm pretty sure it started as a pick em. And the line there, minus one and a half. Warriors, Dolphins, the finish up of their inaugural year. They've got a couple of changes. Jesse Bromwich returns from a groin injury. In their final game, Jared Wallace goes back to the bench. Josh Kerr suspended for that hip drop. That wasn't a good one. Max Plath comes in on the bench. Warriors, top four. No surprise, as we said. Chans, Dallin. Sean Johnson, Adam Fanua, Blake, you know, Luke Metcalf's injured, but Johnson, Tohu, Wade Egan, they're resting most of their key players, forwards, edges, spine. So, for them, swagger changes, Tane Tuapiki at fullback. Edward Cossey comes back in onto the wing. The halves are Tamara Martin and Ronald Volkman, potentially an audition for one of those two guys. Yeah, well, Just it see is. who's going to play. Bunty starts with Mitch Barnett. He's obviously keen to get him a run after missing a couple of weeks. Otherwise, you wouldn't risk him, I don't think, but... Missing three weeks, you got to get a run. Freddie Lussick starts at nine. Curran with Nia Corey, Dylan Walker at 13. And their bench forward drop back, obviously, a way to rest him because he can't rest everybody. Bailey Sheeran and Tom Ale and Braden Williami. I still actually like their team, to be honest, but I just think Suncorp, Dolphins' last game, I think this is one of those ones where the old Fox will be able to find a bit of uh, momentum and a bit of reason for them to drum up a win here. So I'm going to go the Dolphins. Yeah, me too. And it doesn't affect the Warriors. The matchup, again, will depend on what happens above them as well. So they know who they're playing. They're either staying up in Brisbane or they're coming to Penrith. Yeah. But either way, I'm sure they're prepared. And the odds with this one, no surprise either. Blue bet thinking similar. The Dolphins, $1.55. The Warriors, two forty. Four and a half the line. Panthers, Cowboys to finish up at uh, Blue Bet for the regular season at 5.30. And plenty of ins. Dylan Edwards returns. Taruva returns. Coggers into the halves with Cleary. Peach holds the center spot with Tago in the extended bench for now. Interesting to see what happens there. Leotar, Fish, Sorensen, Liam Martin, Yo, the pack is back. Summerton, though, is at nine. Kenny not named at all on Sonny on the bench, so that's why I'm a bit interested. He's been missing for a few weeks now. But the 2-9 system uh, for the Cowboys, no changes to the team he rolled out last week. And Jeremy Nenai is obviously still missing. With that shoulder, um, sort of disappointed, obviously. They went on that run. They dropped a couple of games they probably shouldn't have dropped. They started the year quite poorly. It's all in their hands now. If they're the real deal, they've got to beat Penrith. Mm. 
But that's exactly right. And yeah, I, I think a lot will depend on what happens on Thursday. Mm. If Penrith can get it, I think they'll go for it. If they can't, I think they'll they'll yank a few. And I think it'll open the door. I think Brisbane will win Thursday. It'll open the door for the Cowboys to put their foot in and see what happens with Canberra on Sunday. Well, with what they've named... I'm hoping that that's how it plays out, just probably more from an excitement perspective as well. Well, I really want the Cowboys in, so for me, I'm... No offence to the Raiders. I'm nonplussed. Like, I don't... I'm sort of hoping the I'd Cowboys probably rather find a way. The, I'd rather the Raiders uh, land in, because I've got, you know, close mates there, and I want to see them, I want to see them go well. Yeah. But... In the end, I've got no loyalty to the club. Like, no, I just more still looking at the Cowboys. I still think the Cowboys are a better team on their best day. So I'm sort of looking, yeah, not seeing the potential for it to happen because they they are where they are for a reason. Yeah, but if they're both 13 win teams, I'd prefer the Cowboys. So yeah, I prefer the Raiders. Just me, but no, no, no. I'm no. going the Panthers here. I'm going the Cows. There you go, the upset. See what happens with that lineup, uh, but for now, Bluebet has it a dollar thirty favorite for the Panthers at bluebet.com.au stadium against the Cowboys at three fifty ten and a half start there. If you don't mind, then we go and snap on. up the ten and a half now because depending on what happens, yeah. what happens, well, that's going to be. A... But look at the extended reserves; it doesn't look like they're going to be able. Yeah, but do you think they'll get? Do you think they'll get beat by ten or more if both teams run out? Like, I don't think Penrith... Depends how the Cowboys turn Penrith up. aren't going to want to blow it out. Like, they don't need four and against to win the minor premiership. No, nah, but like you said... Ten and a half's a big line, man, in a game where, like you said, the Cowboys have got a good side. They do. They and it's a game do. they need to win. Penrith don't need to win but it. We'll, we'll see they're going motive. for the minor premiership. We'll see their motivation too Ten's quickly. a massive line. So... What would I know? Dragons Knights, net strata to finish things off uh, on the Dragons side of things. Finau, the young man on debut, he's out uh, after that lower leg injury. That was cruel. Mm. Jack DeBellin returns, so Michael Muller goes back to the bench and Matt Fiano comes in on that wing. Jaden Sullivan's among the reserves. He looks to come back from hamstring injury. I don't know why they bother when he's moving on. Uh, for the Knights, as we said, Caelan Ponga, that shoulder, they're going to rest Gagai, Phoenix Crossland, Tyson Frizzell. So, taking care of a few players. They've still got the majority of that team in. Miller slots into fullback with still a very solid lineup. Tuala takes that center spot for Gagai. Clune and Gamble play together again. New Brown is going to start at nine for Crossland. Dylan Lucas is going to play in the back row again. Brody Jones is getting a start. Uh, and then the bench, Daniel Safidi, Jack Hayden, Matt Croker, and debutante Riley Jones, who's come through their flag and cup setup. I haven't seen much of him. Don't yeah. know much, but... Good opportunity for him. Probably get some minutes because, you know, New Brown started the Dogs, went back down, played a bit of nines and 13, so I'm sure there'll be at least 20, 30 minutes there for him for a debut. Mm. Um, but, yeah, maybe with a couple of those changes, they've still got a lot of their good players in there, but just think Dragons, again, have been good nuisance, though. They've been right up for it. This might be one where they, last day, just hopefully have that bit of motivation to want to close out strong, so I'm going to get the Dragons. Mm. <clears throat> Mm. I'm going to go Knights on the Knights to hold on form, yeah uh, like I said and the bookies agree with bluebet.com.au what we're thinking I, I could see either way but it's a dollar ninety a piece to pick them yeah so they're obviously respecting what the Dragons have been doing and then they're looking at the few outs for Newcastle going well that could also be a little bit disruptive so they're not willing to give too much away there minus one and a half is the line obviously the Dragons the home side so the plus one and a half goes to the Knights and the two Sunday games to finish us off. Titans up against the Dogs at Seabus Super Stadium. No offense, there's not much super about this. 
Uh, no. Isaac Liu's missing. Not very super. Not very super at all. Um, he injured his finger against Melbourne. Moyaki returns to the lineup. That's the only real change they've got on their side of things there for the Bulldogs. Tavita Pungai, he, and our all career is over. They left him out of the side for the last game. He's in Jersey 23, so. Well, after what he dished up on the weekend. Yeah, true that. And Harrison Edwards is also his out of the NRL team. career is over. That's a ridiculous statement because we all know that he's going to be back next yeah, year. Back in 12 right now. guys. Harrison Edwards also been dropped. His place is taken by Max King. New faces on the bench are Sam Hughes and Curtis Morin. Raymond Faitalamara, Hamstring, and Ryan Sutton Neck are listed amongst the reserves as they make look to make a return. I Curtis Morin was good in reserve. I thought Sam Hughes was good against you guys. Mm. He was very strong. Um, he was yeah. the young kid at Parramatta. Yeah. I still think he's flag eligible, maybe. Or maybe he's only just out of eligibility. He's still young. He wouldn't be flag eligible. He'd be playing flag because they're, they're making it pretty well known. Pretty good run. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, well, both these teams have been pretty average of late, but I think the Titans have showed some fight, whereas I don't think there's been a lot of fight in the Bulldogs. So with that in mind, Tino, Dave, those sort of guys still playing. Um, I'll go to the Titans, but not with a whole lot of confidence. Yeah, me too. But anything could happen in this one. You'd like to think the dogs would turn out with a bit of a swing after Seraldo's strong words and a lot of the talk that's been around them for the last game. If they don't, there's going to be a lot of noise into the offseason. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't want to end the conversation. I just, it's hard to know. But, you know, it, and I said this with the Titans, like I'm sick of the Titans sacking coaches because... Yeah. Doesn't matter who the coach is. There's certain things that just don't change. Change, yeah. And the Bulldogs are the same. They've gone, you know, from Dean Pay to Barrett to Potsy to Seraldo, and there are just elements that aren't changing. So in the end, it it goes above and beyond the football program. It shows that there's not alignment in the organisation somewhere. And look, Gus is, yeah, he he knows how to straighten a club out. So I've got no doubt that he's gonna. He's going to straighten it out. I think at the moment it's just simple as they just don't have the cattle. Um, yeah, I'm no bulldogs defender. I, you know, I, I don't know the inner workings of the club, but <clears throat> yeah, they've probably they've been they've underachieved from what people thought that they would achieve this year. But I think a lot of that was based on the fact that Serraldo was coming from Penrith and yeah. they they thought that coaching is just sprinkling some magic dust on a team. It, it doesn't work like well, that. Well, same as the signings. You need the cattle. You can't just buy a kick and go, that fixes you the problem. You need the it's cattle. Like, oh, who's yeah. running the ball and laying the platform for kick out to get the ball? Who's the halves? You know, if Serraldo can turn the roster mm. over and get the players he wants and, and then it doesn't work and it becomes a coaching issue, he'll be the first to put his hand up and say... Yeah, you know, I haven't done a good enough job or whatever. Like accountability, no issue. Um, there'll be no issue there. And I don't. I, I personally, I don't think Camerserato pumped up his tyres in the media at all to say that I was going to do this or I was going to do that. He didn't hey, come yeah, out and say yeah, he was gonna, we're going to play finals or anything like that. It was all mm. external noise. So yeah, it's probably again more off a couple of the buyers. I'm saying people are react to one or two players. It's like, yeah. well, actually look at the whole side as a whole. And we had two big holes we brought up at start. I thought there was two glaring holes in the spine, let alone the middles. Mm. Like Marnie is a, a decent nine. You got Burton, but we said, who's the one in the seven? Yeah. And they both changed all year. Multiple sevens, multiple ones. Yeah. And then they the the worrying middles. thing for me, if I was coaching the Bulldogs, is is the effort. Like, yeah, well, the defense is zero set on the as everyone says that. But yeah, that, it that's, is that's concerning. But then again, you need to look at who it's from and are they people you're going to keep around. Yeah. 
or are they on the out? Is mm. it a more and widespread thing? You know, if you can't change a person, you change a person, right? Yeah. But there comes a point in time where when you're managing a roster and you've got contracts, sometimes you can't change a person. No. Not as quickly as you would like. So, and the fact that you've got to change a person means that you've got to try and get someone in that's better. The player market at the moment is as stale as it's ever been. Mm. Well, again, two years of lack of development as well. Yeah. Hurts in the regard of going to find a diamond in the rough as well. All that, but let's do the odds to wrap that one up. Uh, Gold Coast Titans are $1.28 with bluebet.com.au. The Dogs Heavy Outsiders, three sixty-five, eleven and a half is the start. And the big one, we're going to know by Sunday what needs to happen. But potentially, if things work out how we hope, the Raiders will be playing for their finals future. Um, and if that is the case, looking at the lineups for these two teams, Nico Hines returns for the Sharks, joins Braden Trindle again. Matt Moylan goes back to the bench and there's no other changes outside of that. Uh, I think that means Jesse Calhoun will push back into the reserves. And then on the flip, Corey Hosberg was named, but he just got suspended. So he's obviously gone skis. Josh Papali'i, biceps injury, he's gone. Hohepapuru gets his debut on the bench and they've named Jamal Fogarty even though they've got a little bit of concern about a facial injury. So now that we know that uh, Horsburgh... So who did they name? So... Horsburgh's out, but look Who do they name in their interchange and extended bench? Yeah, their extended bench. Sami Solo or Mooney will replace Horsburgh. For sure. Yeah, okay. They're not going to pick... Well, Puru's been playing lock at cut. So unless he comes straight in... Who's in the front row for him? Now that Tapine they got Gula, you could push Tapine to thirteen and bring in a front rower. You could start with him and start Arta, with Arta, yeah. If you did that, or then yeah, play Puru off the bench. That one again is that he's carrying Croker right. again. So I look at that one again. I'm like, it's just a wasted spot if he's not playing. Croker might play New South Wales Cup. Yeah, I don't know. He's got Jack named in the centres. He's got Frawley in the halves again. Unless there's a late shuffle for me personally, you're pushing all in. If you're willing to back him during the good period, unless he's injured, I'd be dropping Frawley, moving Jack back, putting Croker there. I'd flip Rapana and Chris. Um, yeah, and I'd be bringing in Sami Solo. Drop Frawley back to cup. I'd drop Frawley, yeah, back out of it and put the team back to how it was when it was going well. Chris so, would go back to one, Rapa would go back yeah. to the wing. I'd put Croker in at the centres if it's going to be the last roll of the dice. I'm with you. I, that's the way I go. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Uh, Put Jack back to six. Um, and yeah, if you want to bring in that extra middle. Croker, play Jack. With Horsburgh there, like start at So the only, way, the only way that Frawley would play is if um, Fogarty's out. And I'd bring in... Would you maybe carry Frawley on the bench? No, not with Starling. Like you're not going to carry... They've got Starling and they're carrying Croker. But I look at Hohepper as well. Hohepper to me is sort of that utility. Yeah, I don't want to play him in the halves though. No, I know that. But I'm looking there going, well, if you're going to drop someone, like I'd either have Starling or Frawley. I want to bring in Solo. Why in. wouldn't you? See, I'd, if that's the case, I'd pick Ethan Strange. Well, I'd, yeah. Because well, he can cover so your half. He can cover that and he can play back line. But I'd pick Solo and Mooney. I'd be bringing the extra middle. Or move Jack, play Ethan Strange at centre. <clears throat> well, the only other one I've go got there, way, if you right? want to go real left field, I'd throw a Jack at lock. Yeah. I think you may see something. Left field. But if I was going to go back basics, I'd be like, what worked for us in the best period? It was Chris at fullback, mm. Rapper on the wing, Jack was still at six. I'd go back to that formula. Yeah. And I'd bring in two extra middles. Instead, I'd drop Frawley out, have that bloke roll in, which leaves me with two spots. I'd be bringing in Solo and Mooney. Yeah. 
and going, all right, Tarpany's going to play big minutes. Gula's probably going to bite off a little bit more, and then I'll just have to roll those other couple of guys. Yeah, I've I've got a feeling Frawley will play cut, but... Yeah, yeah. interested to see what happens. Um, But I'm on the Sharks. It's at the prison. Uh, I think they'll want to get a win. Are they saying Nico's back? Yeah, Nico's back. But definitely back? Yeah, I think last week. Like, if this is a dead rubber, he's not going to play. Maybe not. So, again, we don't know. But I'm, I'm going off this is a must win for Canberra. Who are you picking? I'm going Sharks. Because I think they're going to want to just have a run together before the finals. I think they're in no position to rest. Yeah, I'll go Carl. So, I'm sticking with them. field. At the Priz. With bluebet.com.au, they are the favourites at $1.38. The Raiders are $1.38. $1.38. Eight and a half start you can get. What, what are the Raiders? $3. Oh, Lord. So... What what scenario are Canberra in without having to win? Without having to win? Yeah. They need... Cowboys... Well, the they t- need Rabbitohs to win. The two that are there to push them out... And they need Cowboys to lose. Is that are right? the Roosters and the Cowboys. So they Rabbitohs win and, and Penrith win. Canberra don't have to win. Pretty much. Go to your ladder predictor, mate. Can I finish? Can we finish? So they're currently 13 wins. So you got... So who's behind them? Rabbitohs, but Rabbitohs are in eighth. Rabbitohs. So how do how do Rabbitohs roosters? It's just the Cowboys because Rabbitohs roosters. Cowboys. So one, Cowboys lose, Canberra fine. Is that they're right? They're fine because one of these teams is winning regardless. That's so right. Rabbitohs or roosters are in. Yeah. Roosters for and against is still a lot better. It's minus thirty. The only tr- the only problem they're going to have is if Rabbitohs roosters win and Cowboys win. And they lose. Yeah, but Rabbitohs roosters are playing. So what I'm saying is purely the Cowboys game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, one of them yeah. is going to win. So they're cheering for Penrith. Unless they have a draw. Yeah, they're cheering for the Panthers. So they're sitting here basically looking at what Penrith named today, going, thank Christ. Yeah. Hopefully they win. Because if the Cowboys win, well, they're going to Cronulla. They have to win. That's right, yeah. Because they're for and against, as I said weeks ago. Horrible. Minus 120 or whatever. Oh, like I said, it only becomes a problem if you're not winning games. And they're not winning. That's right. They're in the position now. Like four weeks ago, they were playing for a top four position. Yeah, not anymore. And even that divide happened pretty quickly because even with Newcastle winning all the way up, Melbourne somehow are now too clear at fourth. Melbourne was only in the mix for that two weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, but that's probably one of our most logjam in that regard in years. Like we've had top four standouts or two teams close to 20. Brisbane could finish on 19. Penrith could finish on 18. If they both lose, 18, 17, like it's a pretty low number. And then the whole bottom end basically all 13 when 12 used to be the number to get in. We had multiple years there where it was a glut of 14s, 15s, 16s all sort of getting in. The bottom end was really bad. Yeah. But this year, all the way back to Parramatta at 11th is 12 wins. They got the bye this week, obviously. Yeah. But they're finishing at 11th and 12th. That used to get you in. That's right. Yeah, so, we were speaking about that. So how many wins is it going to be? 13? 13. 12 will Every, Everyone on 13 is going to get you in. 12 will be out. Yeah. If the Cowboys don't win, they're out. Roosters or Abadoes, one's going to get there. So 13's the mark this year. Yeah. And Tigers, Dragons, if depending on the result there. Someone said this week, it's still possible. Like It's got to be like an 80-point swing and four and against in a win. It's not happening. For who to get in? They need the Dragons to get beat by 40. They need to win by like 40. It's not happening. 
Someone told me it worked. They could still get the spoon. I was like, you must be stupid. Someone told me today, oh, the eels can still get in as well. There was like 80 points of 40. It's something ridiculous. It's not happening. I was like, okay. When people tell you that, you're just like, all right. So, okay. Someone put a phone up last week Mm. of this ladder going, why is there no odds? Tell me more. There's no odds next to the eels. Premiership hopes. I'm like, it's because they're fucking hopes. Because they're fucking Mathematically, the bookies aren't that stupid to put odds up. That's why. Well, they should. Take money off stupid people. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> that's what you should do. That's your business. Yeah. That's the business. That's so, right. There you go. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. Remember, if you're going to have a bet, do it with a true blue booker who supports us and our charity account. And remember, what are you really gambling with? For free confidence support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Penrose Solar Center. Mm, I saw Oppenheimer today, finally. And I was about to say, what's, what's new? You got anything for us? It was unreal. I watched Swamp Kings. I really enjoyed it. I got half an hour to go. I'm halfway through the last episode. I watched The Man's Hour Untold. That was probably one of the best things I've ever seen. I saw 20 minutes of it and fell asleep. What a loose human that bloke was. Yeah, it's great. Dear Lord, he just torched himself. Hard knocks, three down, two to go. You know what I just started? It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I quite enjoy him. Uh, I watched all the Marvel movies like over the last Christmas break I had. Yeah. Just in between a couple of days off here and there. I enjoyed a lot of it, but... Some of the shows that have been spun off, I haven't been really interested in, but they had the new one with Nick Fury, Secret Invasion. Yeah, yeah. So Nick's, I watched, Nick's watching it. I watched one or two of them the other night, and you know what? They're pretty good. It was okay. I don't mind it. Mm. Got me at the start. I was like, the first one was a bit slow, but then the second one was pretty good. I was like, you know what? This works. There you go. So I started watching Secret Invasion. I've been watching The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. It was a series, Young television series in like the 80s. I was about to say, I think I've heard of this. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. There's like 80 episodes. There was something else and it was really bothering me. Oh, I started the second season of Winning Time. It's just come out. Ah, please. I do this every week. Fucking Lakers. The first few are okay. They can piss off. But it's one of those ones where it's annoyed me because I found it when there's only a season and I've already watched a season. So now I'm just stuck. Filthy Lakers dog. But uh, the second season of Tommy's coming out. Tommy. Power. Yeah, it's out uh, next week. Good. Yeah, I love Tommy. Week. I'm almost finished Better Call Saul. Last season's 13 episodes. I'm like, oh shit, it's not 10. Mm. Mm. I might have to watch Better Call Saul. The few glimpses I've caught here while we're uploading it's and good. hanging out, I've actually not minded it. So that's good. It's pretty good. So I think I might have to give this a crack. Nothing else is happening, mate. I don't have any other movie ideas off the top of my head. Um, did I watch anything else? Oh, I've got that other, the one about the child trafficker. Or the fe- oh, the one I said, yeah, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom, that's on. wasn't in the cinemas, now it is. Yeah. So, I'm going to watch that this week. I've heard good things. Jim Caviezel, mate, Power of the Cross, Passion of the Cross. That's also, he was on He was on Thin Red Line. Was he? Pretty sure he's in through. Because I showed someone the other day that trailer for the movie. I'm yeah, like, man, man this is some true. heavy shit. And they go, who's Jim Caviezel? I'm like, bruh. Thin red line. Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson. I'm sure he's the one that gets blasted at the end. Because old Mel Gibson was like, mate, we're doing this the real way. He got right on board for Passion of the Christ. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be pushing people to watch. What's his name? Jim Caviezel. Yeah, Jim Caviezel. He's in it. Is he there? And just quietly, we only messaged you before, but I was listening to one of the pods while I was driving. James Hooper, outstanding. Additional charges in the judiciary for Ricky Stewart. He's got a grade five striking charge. He Bruce Lee'd a chair on the sideline the other night. He sent it into orbit. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes you talk some crap, but sometimes you let some good stuff out like that, Hoops. I, I quite enjoyed that. Grade five striking. 
He Bruce Lee a chair. He kicked it into orbit. He was not happy. And that's the other thing on the flip side, just quietly. Fox apologised for putting the camera on him. Really? You're going to be joking. Yeah. Like, all power to him to tell them to fuck off. That's fine. What, is, what, are, they apologize, what are they apologising for? It's part of the game. Yeah. Like, they're apologising to him, but when Walsh said some foul mouth things, or Montoya said something on camera, no one apologised for catching them saying fuck off. How's that work? Yeah. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Players like, you said the word F-A-G, you get four weeks, because that was on the microphone while you're playing a game of rugby league. A bloke sees the camera pointing right at him and goes... What did, he, what did he say? Ricky Stewart's on a grade five what? Grade five striking charge or whatever. <laughs> he, goes, he Bruce Lee a chair. He sent it into orbit. Oh, that's classic. But no, I found that one weird. They're like, oh, they apologise for putting the camera in his face. I'm like, well, how about they apologise to the players for putting hot mics out there when they're swearing at each other? That's funny. Get suspended and then they apologise to Ricky. I'm like, they're all scared of Ricky. That's why. Ricky's crazy. <laughs> He's fucking crazy, Max. <laughs> uh, like you said about the press conference. Why don't I ask him the football questions? Like, number one, the, I don't know if they want to ask football questions. Number two, we're fucking scared of you, mate. He's doing the JL when we talked about Uzi. When Uzi's like, no one's willing to say it to you, mate, because they're all fucking scared of you. And Uzi, JL's got the old dish plate eyes going, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> like, JL's got a black belt. He's about to start oh. roundhousing people. For anyone who hasn't watched the test, there's a good reason for a while why people... You know, like people talk about test cricket. I hated our cricket team after I watched the test. Honestly. Yeah, so you want to talk about bringing Ricky Stewart back in this. There's a lot of weak gutted dogs in that cricket team. Yeah. JL is a man with class, dogs. quality, Jesus. and integrity. And I watched that show and after the end of it, I was like, you know what? This team compared to our old yeah, team. I don't like it. I like team. none of you, all right? None of you. Yeah. There was a lot out of that. I was like, you're all individuals, and it was about brand. It was just floggy as. Like, JL is a good human being. It's funny. Good human. And I hope he used his black belt on the way out and kicked someone in the stomach. <laughs> kicked someone in the stomach. But that is the best. Usman Khawaja, mad respect for that bloke after I watched that show. Usman. Because Usman just said it straight. Mate, they're all fucking scared of you. Jamal Usman. They think you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do yourself a favor. There you go. Anything else before we go? No. If you want to yell at Brock on the weekend, where you at, mate? North Sydney. What North time? Sydney. First uh, ever semi-final for Blacktown. Boom. So big achievement. Uh, three o'clock at Blacktown. Uh, three o'clock at North Sydney versus uh, the Milkman. Ground control to workers, brah. Mm. Take your protein pills. <laughs> so two wins over the Raiders during the regular season, but... Head to head. That means nothing. And we just um, talked about their potential NRL... Yeah. Set up this week, so yeah. fingers crossed, maybe one or well, two. Well, the good thing is, like, for there's a big difference between our NRL and their NRL this weekend. Well, they're so going to have to make a call. That's, like, that's certainly an advantage for us. Yeah, you might get one or two advantage, back. But they've got injuries. We've also got injuries, obviously, so... Yeah, but you're going to get a chance um, to hopefully get a couple. Oh, well, yeah. They, they're going to have to make a call on the day who they play, because they're going to have to commit their players to Sunday. Yeah. And you're also early smart. enough that the Cowboys game won't have been played yet, so they can't make that call. They're yeah. going to have to make the decision what they want to do. No, like I think they'll pick their best 18 for um, NRL, and mm. that, that's what you have to do in that position. What I'm saying is we're, we're fortunate in that we're playing Friday and our NRL is eliminated. Like That's not fortunate for the NRL team. It's just that's how it's played out. Mm. So, 
Um, yeah, I don't mean for the elimination. I just mean your team's already going to be a player. Yeah, hopefully, so. hopefully we'll get you know whoever's eighteenth. So for them now, looking at their team, their backline's really good. Stewart, they got a very good team. Shields, Morkos, Xavier Savage on the wing for, for Christ's sakes. But yeah, look yeah. at their forward pack for now. They haven't named those few guys they caught up. No, so but they'll they'll there'll be some players come back, and yeah. like, like we said, it may be that Frawley comes back. But by the look of it right now, yeah, I think Solo Mooney, if they're not there, that's to me that's a pack you can certainly have a red hot crack at. But we'll have um, hopefully have Josh Schuster again this weekend. So is he named for you guys for now? He no, I don't he's know. Not. No, he hasn't been. Yeah. So you got Latu and Cooper John. There's like, a few moving parts to it. Yeah, you don't know. Like Cooper John dropped out last week late Injured. with a knee injury. Yeah, so. You got KO back. That was a disruption. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he was out suspended, so hmm. he'll come back in. And it's only taken 20-something weeks, but I've seen that uh, Clayton finally got a write-up on the Fox thing. Oh, did he? I was like, he's been... Who wrote it up? Oh, I didn't read it. It would have been... Um, Maybe Darcy. There's only, yeah, I think Darcy's the best She one. does the report for the Reggies, but I was like, it's taken all year to get a run. Uh, okay. Heard someone in the crowd say it the other day, like, is that the guy who's been scoring all the trials? And I turned around and said, Clayton Fulalo, he's the leading try scorer in New South Wales Cup. They're like, yeah. yeah. No, we're in all the manly ground. Like, you clearly don't watch your Reggies team. The Blacks have been scoring bags. Yeah, he's 29. Oh, that's ridiculous. Which is... Yeah, it's a fair haul. If he's not... That is a Again, fair as we said before, there's some guys look at and go, how the fuck are you not in the top 30? Well, what's going on? How did Parramatta let him go? He was playing Ron Massey Cup at Wentworthville last year, and when I arrived at Blacktown, when I arrived at uh, Blacktown well, this year, they said to me, "Who was the best player in Ron Massey Cup last year?" I said, "Clayton Fulalo, go and get him." Well, he's eight tries clear of Powger, and the next best after that's David Armstrong, who's the late in for Newcastle, who's been killing it. He's got fifteen, and he's only played half a season. Is that the? Yeah, wow. Yeah, so he's led by an absolute mile. Wow. Well, okay. I will say one thing to him. No offence. His goal kicking was shocking. Otherwise, he'd be the top point scorer by an absolute mile in cup. How far off is he? 40, 40 points. But if he yeah, kicked the whole year because he started as your goal kicker, but he was very cold those first few weeks. Yeah. If his goal kicking was a bit better, he'd probably His be goal a... kicking is just practice and confidence. Yeah. Like he, he got rattled, I think, a little bit by... I'm just saying. Not kicking well early in the year, and then he was sort of like, oh, I don't want to kick. If he was the kicker. But when he's not kicking, he doesn't practice. No. So... If he was like a full time kicker at seventy percent, well, that's what I've said man. to him. You can't, you can't be a, a part time goal kicker. No, you either are or you aren't. And yeah, the, the, the conversations that I've had with him, it's like, mate, understand if whoever our goal kicker is gets injured or goes off or whatever. Like you're the man. Well, like I said, do the maths here, right? If he scores one more try, he scored one hundred twenty points just in tries. Yeah, it's true. So when you're not that far off Ron Volkman, yeah. if he's your goal kicker all year, he'd have an absolute swag of points. Yeah. So. And on top of that, it's another string to your bow, so don't stop doing it. Yeah. Just more value. It's credit to like Brett Cook as well. Like he's he's been the coach at Wentworthville for a long time. He was a New South Wales Cup coach there for a little while. Mm. Um he you know, he, he couldn't recommend him highly enough mm. and for whatever reason Parramatta didn't didn't want to sign him. Particularly now with Jordan Rankin, like Jordan Rankin retired, so you know, it'd be ideal for him to have had Clayton there this year playing Clayton on the wing and then moving into fullback next year, that would sort of make sense. But, yeah. you know, it's not my job to... No, no. We're, it's not my before. job this to know what they're jobs. thinking. And, and, and uh, yeah, I, they yeah. asked me who I thought was 
the best Ron Massey Cup player, and I answered again, it, like, and we went and got him. The old instant gratification. Yeah, I didn't know that he was going to score thirty tries either. Like nah. sometimes you recruit players, and they but, they don't they're not what you think. The point is, it's not the instant gratification thing where a club might look and go, "Oh, he's not good." It's like, "Well, do you know he's not good enough?" Because you got four or five guys that aren't good enough to be in your top thirty. Mm. So when you look at someone and they're young and they've got potential, they're the yeah. sort of ones you want in those spots. Yeah, that's why I've said a million times. But I hate it when someone just buys someone. You know, he's been at five clubs. It's like, and he's still shit. Yeah, he shouldn't be in your top thirty. Those sort of last few spots, you should be going out every year or having a meeting with your recruitment, your pathways, and saying, "Who's three or four blokes you found me that are doms in the rough, yeah, or that we can put twelve months into, or get on a development deal and actually look at and potentially find a first grader here." Don't bring me the same recycled bullshit just to fill a jersey or a number. Yeah, that we look at later on the year and go, "Oh, what a wasted fucking spot that was." Yeah, they should every year sit down and go, "Like this guy, this guy, this guy." We minimum should be looking for two or three. Every year. That's right. And um, he played junior reps, went off the ball for maybe a year, had to go the hard way, went to this feeder club, not in, no NRL or playing with all NRL guys and being better than those guys, that's someone we need to bring in for 12 months. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Yeah. He's the sort of bloke, same as Dane last year, Matto this, etc. They're the ones that you look at and go, well, why do these guys keep getting missed? Because yeah. people aren't doing their fucking job. That's why. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Let's finish on that note, shall we? Mm-hmm. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you, Sinclair Hyundai Penrith. And thank you to Jake and the Penrith Solar Center. Last round, like you said, most things uh, are pretty much sorted. So a couple of potential dud games, but I always enjoy watching debutants. So hopefully they at least get a bit loose and end up being decent games of footy. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, the other side is hopefully those games that do have meaning, like the Cowboys won against Penrith. And the last one and the Roosters Rabbitohs game, hopefully it all ends up that way and we're sitting there on Sunday hoping um, that that game has purpose. That's good. If it doesn't, if the Cowboys fall flat and that one doesn't work out and the rest are pretty much all duds, it could be a pretty awful weekend, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But I hope that's not the case. Mm. But one week away from the finals, everybody. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? <laughs>